Joker breaks box office records, while Martin Scorsese is busy yelling at the sky. The Star Wars hype train is warming up its engine, and we preview the upcoming PlayStation 5. All that and so much more on episode 25 of the Hell and Nerdy Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Hell and Nerdy Podcast. I'm Adam and that over there is Andy. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are back for yet another episode. Um, winter has struck yep. here in uh, the great the great state of Minnesota and Minneapolis in particular. That's right. Um, I'm not overly pleased about that. Most are not. It's cold. I know, but I know so many people who are like, "Yes, finally!" And yeah, I don't get those. They're people. in denial. Those people you are know, weirdos. We, we can just uh, we can let them be, right? Yeah, you know, they can they can uh, they can fight it all they want. Yeah. you know, they're inside. They're hurting. You know, I, and I, we need to be powerful. We need to be. We need to be strong for them. Okay. I, I wish I had the the ability to convince myself of something like that. Like just you know, they're all just in denial. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Oh, De- it's it's totally true. You know, I, I tell most people as long as I'm within walking distance of a good bowl of like ramen or pho, then I'll make it through the winter. But I'm not going to be like happy about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Negative degrees. <laughs> yes. Like, there's even less degrees than zero. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are back once again um, on this lovely Saturday evening. It's probably Tuesday when you're hearing this, but, you know, we record on Saturdays. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So much. Um, I was a little worried midweek that it was going to be uh, a very short show <laughs> because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. But thankfully, over the last few days, some stuff has come up. Um, one thing that came up into my shopping cart as I was at the liquor store the other day uh, is our beer of the week. Uh, and this week it comes to us from uh, a great, great uh, Minneapolis brewery, uh, Indeed Brewing, which is in Northeast. Indeed it is. Um, and I'm going to butcher the name of this beer, so bear with me here. But I believe it's pronounced Lilikoi. Lilikoi. Uh, I am, yeah. That, I, but that's. Feel free to correct me. Means if wild beer of the north or something. I don't know. Anyways. Um, it is a passion fruit wild ale that has been aged for a year in wood barrels. Now, Indeed is known uh, for doing something they call the Wooden Soul series. They've got, I want to say, at least eight or nine of them in rotation uh, in liquor stores and in their tap room. And they're all pretty much all fantastic. I think I've had one that I wasn't a huge fan of, but they're all really, really good. And this one... Um, I like very much the base of the beer is a saison, so it starts its life as that, and then they add a bunch of stuff to it, yeasts and all this kind of stuff, and then like I said, they age it for a year um, in wood barrels, and uh, it's really, it's really good. Mm. Yes, it tastes just like liliquai. <laughs> Are you looking up the meaning of that? No, yeah, it's just it just means passion fruit. Oh, okay, great. But I was also looking up how to pronounce it. And I'm not sure that any of these are going to say it right. All right. But I'm going to try it anyway, Good. because why the hell not? Yeah, go. Lilakoi. 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 That sounds right to me. Lilakoi. <laughs> Lilakoi. Yeah. I don't, that, yeah, I'm not so sure that's uh, completely <laughs> accurate. It sounds a little robotic, and <laughs> let's let's uh, let's try and keep the humanity in, in our <laughs> I mean, we're all going to be replaced by robots soon enough, so we might as well. Our Google overlords will be controlling the beer. We're better off if we embrace it. 
Um, so it, it's it. This is really good. It's it's very tart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit funky. Yeah. And the passion fruit is right up front, which I like. Yeah. No, it's very juicy. Yeah, and I the like. Color it. is really nice. Yeah, it's really really nice. Sort of amber color. Well, I shouldn't say amber color. Kind of like an. Uh, what would you call that? It's, kind of an orange. Yeah, it's it's got that. I mean, it looks kind of like passion fruit juice. Yeah, mixed and it's, into a in a hazy IPA. Yeah, there's it, a little bit of that sediment at the bottom of the glass, but it's like got a nice fizz to it. Yeah. I dig it. It's, it's got a uh, yeah. It's kind of re- it's refreshing. It is and refreshing. It makes me remember a warmer of warmer times. You mean like Wednesday when it yeah. was seventy three? <laughs> <Like>, oh yeah. <laughs> it's got a. It uh, seems like only a memory now. <laughs> it's got a uh, four point two on on Untapped. So a lot of people like this beer quite a bit, and uh, I'm glad to have chosen it. Yes. Cheers. Well sir. done. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Well, let's get into the stuff that we like to talk about, and as always, we are going to start with the poll list, uh, sort of the main stories of the, the last couple of weeks that I we have uh, put together here, and the number one thing on my list this week is Star Wars news. What? Um, we are getting super, super close to uh, Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, um, and not only that, we are a month away from The Mandalorian mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. I just signed up for Disney Plus oh, yesterday. Sweet. Nice. I, it felt real good. I'll be over at your house every day. Outstanding. <clears throat> we, uh, yeah, it, it, it felt real nice to hit that confirm button and get that thing out of the way. So, anyways... A few, few uh, Star Wars things happened this week, and uh, I wanted to talk about them. The first one, it's funny, uh, there was a rumor about a week ago that the Star Wars trailer, the Episode Nine trailer, trailer was going to be out on October the 21st with Monday Night Football. That would have been Jets Patriots. Mm. I'm actually not sure who's on this game this, this week, but um, in a twist of fate today, uh, John Boyega's agent spoiled the release date of the trailer. And it turns out that the trailer will be out two days from the recording of this show what? on Monday the 14th. Oh, my goodness. So by the time you're hearing this, that trailer will have been out, and mm-hmm. we will all we will have all freaked out. Yep. <coughs> More so, speculation to be had. Yeah. I um, I can't I can't wait for this. A more uh, in-depth look at how Rey turns to the dark side, maybe? Perhaps. Or perhaps how Kylo is ultimately going to win because of having the high ground. <laughs> i mean look if you know there are if there's one thing that's constant about star wars it's if you have the high ground you ha- you are going you to win. win you win no matter what <laughs> that's the uh, that's the theme of the entire saga and i think yeah. they're gonna wrap it up really nicely they're gonna run with the very that. end there <laughs> that should have been the name of it, it was about the high ground the whole time star wars episode nine the high ground the high, rise of the high ground <laughs> the highest higher ground <laughs> uh right um so what are you hoping to see um more action more more shots of like ships hopefully some more like space fight stuff i feel like we didn't get a whole lot of that in the last couple no so just that cool shot of the the rebel ships and the star destroyers. That's just it. But some like fights would be cool because yeah. that's that's Star Wars to me. Like yeah. in most cases, right? Like the even in Episode Seven, didn't really feel like Star Wars for me personally until I get to see a Tie Fighter like cruising around in space. That was pretty awesome. So I want more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, I know the 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 trailer producers at Lucasfilm and at Marvel uh, Studios are really good about putting out these trailers that don't spoil plots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to get a lot of plot points, but yeah. like you said, I think we're going to get expanded action. Yeah. Um, 
the that first sort of teaser, the the Trizzler that they did uh, the last time <laughs> had a lot of sort of establishing shots, you know, just scenery and all that right. kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm with you on this the setup. I'm with, I'm with you on that. I think they're gonna they're gonna show some things off. I think we'll get uh, a Lando, yeah, um, uh, appearance. That'd be great. Um, somebody said on the internet, and like we know, we can believe everything that's on the internet. <clears throat> they can't put it on there if it's not true. Yeah, I can't put it. It's against the law. Um, that uh, Wedge might make an appearance. <gasps> no. Um, Stop my beating heart. Yeah, oh. I I would I would freak out if that actually happened. I mean. <sighs> I'm honestly surprised it hasn't Me up too. to this point. I mean, I know that they've done interviews with him, and he said that he's not really interested or whatever. But yeah, it's the on. last one. It's you know? the last one, and yeah. everyone's dying to see you again. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to do that? And it could just be people putting two and two together. Uh, there was, um, I was not New York City Comic Con, but no, maybe it was New York City Comic Con that happened, and they did a bunch of uh, toy reveals. Oh yeah, at yeah. that and. Uh, Part of the Black Series, the Star Wars Black Series reveals, was a wedge. Oh, nice. Which was something that wasn't... It was actually... They did a fan voting for like the next fan character. Oh. And he came in second. Ooh. Very close to... I think it was like Dagobah Luke or something like that. Okay. Um, and so people were kind of bummed about it. But, you know, Hasbro, awesome. Hasbro was like, yeah, we'll just yeah. give it to him. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Why not? People want it. Absolutely. We've been asking for it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that obviously won't be re- revealed in the trailer, but has uh, gotten a lot of traction over the last week or so, um, there was a report. Uh, I think one of the writers of the movie, one of the co-writers of the movie, uh, came out and said that um, one of the things that will get answered in this movie is we will find out who Ray is. Hmm. Um, you mean the trip down the dark, the dark wet, wet hole? Hole wasn't the answer apparently not oh apparently not okay i am um, when kyla was like your parents were nobody yeah you're nobody that wasn't the answer yeah it's this the report seems to indicate that that uh that whole story that her parents were just nobodies mm-hmm. and that she is really nobody is gonna kind of get retconned here mm. and i'm not in love with that mm-hmm. i kind of wish they would leave it mm. like that yeah um you're uh, really luke's daughter yeah Wait, what i I, of, of all Obi-Wan's the things, grand baby. There, there's two things that I, there's two things that I don't want out of this movie, but one that I'm pretty sure is going to happen, which is uh, Kylo Ren being redeemed mm-hmm. in some way, coming back to the light. Yeah, even if he ends up dying, which right. he probably will. Um, I don't really want him to be redeemed at this point, but that seems to be where this is headed. But the other one is this Ray thing, and I, 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 I the the further away from the Last Jedi that we get. Mm-hmm the more happy I am, the more content I am with this idea that the now most powerful force user in the galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, or thereabouts yeah. is really just a product of randoms and yeah. not some Skywalker or a Palpatine or a yeah. Kenobi or whatever, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. I felt that way. Even at the force awakens when there was tons of speculation and everybody was like, Oh yeah, you know, she's gotta be another Skywalker. Or she's a solo or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Everybody was just so. I think because everybody was so in need of that answer, it made me be like even less interested in it. Yeah. You know the the amount of speculation that was going on and the back and forth, and I just don't care about that. Like no. it's it doesn't matter. And in, in the in the context of the story they're trying to tell, right? So why don't we just get to the end of it? 
leave it yeah leave it where it is i mean obviously like there's going to be some more stuff going on with her being evil or whatever and then yeah if kyle turns back to the right the light side maybe he won't die maybe he'll come back to the light side and he'll have to kill ray oh maybe and then ray is dead and he's the only like jedi left or the only skywalker left Whoa, that's what the a, rise of skywalker what a crazy ass twist that i mean be. you know anything could happen at this point right yeah. you know if wedge shows up that's going to be an even bigger <laughs> twist right but i also feel like that would be a really good like in line with uh, having billy d coming back and then you know it's like they're all the old rebel ships like you said um they're like really scraping the bottom of the barrel for help so. Hey, 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 wedge is not the bottom <laughs> yeah, of the but barrel. They're senior citizens at this at this point, you know. Yeah. It's like they're they should be retired. You but know, he and, helped destroy two Death Stars. Oh yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. They're they're both qualified. It's just that they're old. True. You know, like that. <laughs> kind of ageist nonsense is this? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess you know you 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 never lose the ability to fly a spaceship. I mean, experience is experience. You yeah. Know? The, re- the reflexes might be a little bit frayed. Right. But, you know, anticipation. That's yeah. when, you, when you're when you old, you know what to expect. I'm just thinking that there's going to be at least one scene, you know, with Lando piloting the Falcon and, you know, banging on something just like Han does, but it doesn't work. Right. Or, you know, he's going to, like, go to go to jump to light speed and totally hits the wrong button or something. And it's just <laughs> like, oh, damn it. Sorry. You know, my bad. Proton torpedo. It's been a while. Right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so anyways uh we'll see what happens with with good old ray there uh the last bit of star wars news that i want to talk about um an interesting report um from ryan johnson who was doing an interview he's got a an upcoming movie coming out that is getting good reviews from the people who have seen it called knives out oh yeah um it's like a thriller mystery kind of thing. Murder mystery. Murder mystery kind of thing. And, and star studded. Yeah, absolutely star studded. So uh, he was doing some press for that and you know, if you are associated with Star Wars in any way, shape, or form, and you're doing press for something else, somebody will ask you about a Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was talking about his trilogy, and he said that he 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 made it seem like he wasn't 100 percent sure whether or not his trilogy was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? <coughs> you don't care, do you? I don't care. No, <laughs> I don't. Like honestly. As far as I'm concerned, like Ryan Johnson is a great director and he can make really good movies. I loved Looper. I still think that's a great movie. It is a great movie. I haven't seen Knives Out, but it looks really interesting, and I love the idea of uh, Chris Evans being a uh, you know smart mouthed, uh, foul language using, yeah, uh, you know butthole but at the same time um i yeah like i'm not a huge fan of the last jedi and, yeah. and we talked about this before but <clears throat> i think uh the i you know the the backlash alone is enough to convince me that disney is probably not going to give him another chance but i i don't know i can't say that for sure like if there's some contract that's already out there or if they have stuff that's already in the works yeah if he really wants to do it i, I you know if it's more star wars i want to see it but yeah. at the same time like I don't really care if it's him or somebody else doing another trilogy. I feel like it will probably go away. It'll probably sort of get canceled by them. Um, but then they might revisit it in the far future. Cause at this point later it, on, it's yeah, it's pretty clear that the Benioff and Weiss movies yeah. are the, the priority for them movie wise. Yeah. And I'm not hugely excited about that either at this point. I mean, okay. there's like, there's like parts of it that I definitely want to see. And I mean, once we get closer to it and we start seeing more stuff for it, mm-hmm. that my tune may change rapidly. Especially if they hire if they hire a director yeah. and a couple writers that I'm really into. Yeah. Like that would be 
it's it's mostly to do with my feelings of Game of Thrones. Okay, fair it. enough. So you know, again, like right now, it's primarily my my feelings are are fueled by Game of Thrones and Last Jedi. All right. So if I see more stuff and it's good looking and it's Star Wars, I'm probably going to be interested yeah. anyway. So and let's not forget too the the Kevin Feige thing too. Yes. You know, so that I'm all that's going to happen. For. That's going to happen at some point. Give me, so give me it now. Yeah. Just give it to me now. I've I've kind of gone round and round about the whole Ryan Johnson thing. Yeah. Um, you like the last Jedi. I like the last Jedi yeah. quite a bit. It's very high up on my list when I rank the star Wars movies, but, um, I think he would be the right person to do a star Wars movie in the far future mm. because he can take on bigger ideas and yeah. crazier storytelling and yeah. really kind of go for it in a way that doesn't have to adhere to any sort of pre-existing Star Wars lore. Yeah. I think that was the biggest problem that people had with The Last Jedi was right. that he threw so much out the window. So much. But if he's in if he's in a place where he's got nothing to throw out the window, yeah. I think people if, will accept. If it's a if he's got complete creative freedom with a lot of it or yeah. you know at least a, a significant portion of it and doesn't have to adhere to those things like you're saying like I am all for that. Yeah. Even if it's just a one-off film like Kevin Feige's planning on doing, you know, like I think we should have That'd more cool. of those. Yeah. And if anything, maybe I don't know. Like, I I guess a part of me is just kind of turned off to the idea of there needing to be a trilogy. Sure. Like every single time there's new Star Wars content coming yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Because if anything, we you know we've we've seen that it works just fine to have a single story being told that's within the Star Wars universe, but not actually connected to any of like the main yeah. Skywalker. Plot. I'd agree with that. Um, I think if if the rumors are true and the Benioff and Weiss thing is a Knights of the Old Republic-ish kind of way in the far far past kind of thing, that's the kind of uh, ground mm-hmm. to cover that I think would warrant a trilogy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you in general. I think it would be they would be better off with standalone, you know, self-contained movies as yeah. opposed to trying to string together some sort of a narrative yeah but still like and and i think it's okay to loosely mention or even like throw in easter eggs right sure, about course. those things they do it all the time in the marvel movies yeah it's just it's one of those things where you just don't have to adhere to every single thing mm-hmm. right and i think that's what fans are looking for when it comes to the episodes yeah but when you have an independent or like a single film like rogue one or even solo like People don't really, you know, need that. Yeah, I mean, just time. like Warner Brothers, they Lucasfilm. I know it's part of Disney, but Lucasfilm should not fall into the trap that what Warner Brothers did of yeah. trying to follow the MCU. Mm-hmm. The MCU is such a one-off thing that it, it, it can't really be duplicated. I mean, I guess it, Ray's technic- not going to get the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Damn it! I mean, she's Thanos. <laughs> That's the twist. She's really Thanos. <laughs> You never saw it coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I we'll see. We'll see what happens with all that. Um, like I said, mostly I'm just super excited for the Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff yes. coming up. So we'll More see. More Star Wars sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, topic number two, uh, and I, this could have easily been topic number one because it's on the the top of everyone's brain these days. Uh, the Joker movie, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, it opened to a massive opening weekend uh yeah, over 93 million domestic making it the largest domestic opening uh october opening in history um that's huge it is really really big um and it just the report came out today that it's pacing for the second the highest second weekend domestic box office total in october of all time as well cool. so it's got legs 
Um, it's people are going to see it. It yeah. sounds like multiple times. Yeah. Um, it's got it's got a lot of really good word of mouth. There have been some criticisms of it here and there. Um, I think Todd Phillips, the director, brought a little bit of of that on himself mm. um, with some of the statements he made about you know people comedy being dead, and mm. he made some he made some offhanded comments that I don't necessarily agree with. But uh, the question I wanted to sort of raise here is: Do you think that a movie like this, because I haven't seen it yet, I, I need to soon? Um, but it's, do you? I I really want it looks to. Dark man. Yeah, it does look super dark, but I really want to see okay. it. Um, I mean, I'm ready to see it. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking out for your best interest. Hey, here. thanks. <laughs> Again, it's not a horror thing. I don't have I don't mind you know of I don't mind the violence thing and and whatever. But okay. as long yeah, as long as you don't mind the violence thing, because apparently it's very violent. Well, I mean, I watched I sat through Logan for crying out loud. Yeah, but it's different. You I, know, like I, I like you haven't seen uh, like have you seen any of the Saw movies or like Hostel? You no, know, like but I don't think there's it's... a certain level of like. Slasher porn, I think, that goes along with this film, from what I've heard, and I'm kind of like, yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see. To I expect. mean, we'll see. I, I do want to see it. I do really want to yeah, see it. Yeah, it looks, it looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, from a visual standpoint, it, and it looks completely different from everything else that DC has done. Yeah, Warner Brothers has done. Yeah. maybe to a degree. And what? So what I wanted to talk about, you know, in regards to this, is do you think that the the success of this movie, the success of a Logan, um is going to lead Warner brothers in particular down this road of hard R, hmm. you know, very edgy, um, movies because they've been doing the, again, we talked about this before. They've been doing this in the comic books for a long time Yeah, where they've gotten really dark, right? I mean, like really, really dark in the comic books. And so I'm all for it. I think it's a, I think it's a good direction for them because it makes them stand apart from what Marvel's doing. Sure. I think there's room for them to continue doing the Wonder Woman's and the Aquaman's and, you know, Shazam's and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think they need these kinds of movies to really set themselves apart because if, you know, I think you're already seeing it too, because birds of prey is going to be rated R. Right. And there's talk that the suicide squad is going to be rated R. Yep. So, uh, you know, if they keep pushing this, I think it's a, I think it's smart. Yeah, I think we can get some really interesting stories or at least storytelling through it. Um, it's hard for me to imagine like an R-rated Batman or Superman film. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think partly because there's how would they market that to kids? Yeah. You know, you can't you can do merchandising and people are going to buy toys because they exist. But, sure. you know, the other part of it is like when you have something that's connected to a movie, you're way more likely to sell toys or sell you know things related to that movie when your audience is able to watch the movie mm-hmm. um so so that's the only reason why i look at it like okay if they keep doing villain rated or r-rated villain movies or even like you know anti-hero kind of r-rated movies like a lobo movie would be interesting yeah um so, you know, <clears throat> stuff like that i could even see an r-rated batman movie to a degree like i would like to see an r-rated batman yeah. movie um but also you know it, i'm more worried about what that would do or i guess how that would um how that would be portrayed i guess i don't trust warner brothers enough to like take that to that take batman in an r-rated direction that is still tasteful okay um but i haven't watched this movie yet and if we look at the christopher nolan movies or the yeah the christopher nolan movies and how pretty hard pg-13 those were Mm -hmm. um you know 
they've been going dark for a long time. They've been trying to go dark, I think. Yeah. With this latest batch, but still, still making it for kids and action figures and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I, how do you feel about it? I think this. Oh, I, I, um, I think it's a, I think it's a good direction for them to go, and I think it opens up more of their characters to be used in movies. Yeah. I think this definitely opens the door to a Justice League Dark situation. Sure. Um, this kind of supernatural magic side of things. Yeah, but like the underworld, like mm-hmm. really horror centric. Shazam stuff was like it was. I felt like it was beyond it was PG thirteen, super dark. Yeah, but it, it really was. And and there's, I think, I just think there's room for it. Yeah. I think there's room for it in the the movie landscape, especially yeah. if they do it, especially if they're doing it without the without the pretense of a of a shared universe mm. without having to connect it to anything. I think that's the key here. Yeah. It's like it, writing or not, like as long as they're making solid individual films, mm-hmm. then I think that's for the best. Yeah. 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 So hopefully this emboldens them to do more of that because I think it, it you know, there's a place for it. Yeah. Um, Who would you want to see in an R rated film next? I mean, I have to, I, again, I have to go back to a justice league dark thing, probably yeah. a Constantine. Yeah. Or it would be sick. Yeah, you know, something like that. Uh, you weren't a fan of Keanu? No, I mean I love Keanu, but I didn't think he. I didn't think that was. His I actually best. really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was all right, but mostly because Shia LaBeouf dies. <laughs> but um, nice, no, I'm nice. That's nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So many characters, uh, mostly Batman villains, that I would want to see in an R rating. Okay, so that's okay. just me. Yeah. Um, Mm-mm-mm. I think there'd be. I think there's there's an interesting, not even interesting. I think there's a really badass way you could do R rated an R rated movie centered around Deathstroke. Oh yeah, I totally. Mean, lots of murder. That would yeah, it'd be lots and lots of murder. <laughs> um, you know, because Deathstroke's an interesting character because he's he's mercenary all the way. Yep. And you can you can spin him as a ultra bad guy, but you can also spin him as you know just a guy out trying to you know make his way in the world and you know and quote unquote get by that Do kind what of he thing. does best yeah he's got to, exactly so that'd be a, lobo you called out before would be uh wild and wacky i think that'd be fun as hell yeah yeah but so i'd still want superman to show up at some point sure sure and i and again i think you know i think they'll take a cue from however marvel um tries to crack the deadpool code mm. which is getting those harder more violent uh, characters to mix with your pg-13 mm-hmm. characters you know a lot of bleeps in, yeah in a meaningful way well yeah <laughs> you know a lot of off off-screen murders a lot of quick cuts and things like that i mean just yeah. something to you know uh, just imagining that's making me so happy and so the deadpool thing yeah like, i know yeah yeah it's gonna be it, who knows but it's gonna be crazy Can't wait yeah so uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what what comes from Warner Brothers next. Uh, this definitely made me more interested in a weird way to see Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Not because, you know, not that those movies are have any sort of connection to this at all. Yeah. But you know, more and more Warner Brothers is proving that they are getting a handle on things. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. We'll see should what we, happens. Should we go see it and do a review? Or I would. Wanna... Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'd be down. Okay. I'd be down. Um, so moving on and, in sort of a connected story, uh, we, I mentioned Martin Scorsese at the top uh, of the show. Um, he came out this week and called superhero films, quote unquote, not cinema, mm. um, and compared them to amusement parks, mm-hmm. which, all right. Um, in I, my day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, he's one of the greatest filmmakers. Marty. Come he, on, Marty. He's one of the greatest filmmakers we of all time. We love you, Marty. <laughs> Go sit down. <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And certainly one of the greatest filmmakers of all time is entitled to his opinion. Yeah. Um, I think he's wrong. Um, I think, you know, if he, if if you take a step back from, and we've talked about this on the show, if you take a step back from these movies for a second and you think about why movies are made in general Mm. over the years, they're always responding to movies are always responding to the, 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 the feeling of the times, if you will, you know, in the seventies, you know, you, you were coming out of Vietnam and you were having all these social political social issues. And so all the movies were really, really very dour and very, um, realistic and gritty. Um, taxi drivers are very, yeah. Dour and, 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 and it sort of reflected the times and, and, um, sh- shined a light on, on, uh, uh, things that were happening in those days, mm. you know, and you, you know, flash forward to these days and the world is kind of in chaos. There's just a lot of, just a lot of, just a lot of stuff going on. A lot of distractions. A lot of distractions, a lot of bad things happening in the world right now. Um, and movies are, movies are now, especially the superhero movies are really a distraction for us. Mm-hmm. You know, they've gone, it's gone back to that, you know, that escapist mentality that, filmmakers had you know in the in the 50s and 60s where movies were being made to get away from life and get for a couple hours and go enjoy you know something you know right fun and uh i don't think it's fair to to cast these movies with all these uh, tremendous actors doing amazing work and all these crazy visuals and stuff like that as not cinema it's kind of a silly thing to say yeah well, and the only reason we're paying attention to it is because it's Martin Scorsese. Of course. You know, it, in every genre, every medium of art, there's always some big name that eventually calls someone else's work not what they do. Right. Which is like, okay, you're entitled to your opinion. It's true. But that doesn't mean everybody else to, has to agree with it. Right. And I, I personally very much enjoy superhero movies, but I mean... There, there's also something to be said about how, you know, in a lot of ways, we're the target de- demographic. Of course we are. And there's certain things that I think technology-wise play into how well those movies do. And yeah. just, you know, like from from the way that they're produced, but also to the way that they're marketed, you know, things like that, um, that just weren't possible, you know, even 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's it's interesting to look at the whole yeah, cinema landscape, right? And the way that it's changed from the Scorsese days. Um, but at the same time, to say that it's not cinema is it's like saying that it's not a movie because that people like that people go to the movies yeah. to watch movies. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. I get it. You know, it, the best the best uh sort of uh the best thing that I can think of that that I feel like sort of the same way that he feels like this about is probably hip hop these days. Oh sure, you know, like I don't care for oh, I don't yeah. care for the hip hop these days. But you know, I heard a I heard a great line. I forget which musician said it, but it was a really really good line. It stuck with me because I was on my high horse about not liking the music these days. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he's like, that's not. But the, that's not the point, right? The music that's popular these days is not being made for a 40 year old father of one, right? The popular music is being made for kids between the ages of 14 and, you know, 25. Sure. That Those are the people who get it, the people who like it and more power to them. I, I shouldn't stand, I, you know, I've, 
I've tried to be better about this. I shouldn't stand in judgment of those people that they like because they like those things. Well, and, and it's also, I think, unfair to, and I think music is a really perfect example of it too. It's unfair to label everything in that same, that same vein, right? Like saying that modern hip hop is in the same category as original or like, you know, 80s, 90s hip hop. Right. Right. The, the thing is that people need to put labels on things in order to compartmentalize it. Sure. And, and, and make it easier to have conversations or connect over it. But the reality is it's like one person's music is completely different from someone else's music because yeah. we're all individual people. And it's the same as, as movies. It's the same as painting. It's the same as, you know, acting any, any other form of art that you want to, you know, put out there. It's like one person's creativity is not going to necessarily fit within the same box that of that label that you've created for that genre of creativity, yeah. you know? Yep. And that's why I think like this, this Joker movie is really exciting because it's really like punching a hole, a big bloody hole in that box that I think people are getting comfortable with yeah. for that superhero genre. Yeah. And because that's, that's really the age that we're in right now. Like this is the time of the superhero movie. Right, like they're just making stupid amounts of money off of these movies. People want to watch these superhero movies because people love them. Yeah, and so having something like this come out and be like, "I'm a superhero movie" or "I'm a comic book movie," but I'm gonna do my own friggin' thing. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, you know, just the fact that we now have the Deadpool movies, Logan, and this, you're you're just seeing the reaction to that. To that time totally. that we're in, these yeah, superhero totally. movies. And, and it's just going to continue. And I think there's going to be more bold chances taken by great filmmakers and great actors mm-hmm. uh, to do these things. And I can't wait to see it. The, the funny part about this whole Scorsese thing is that there was a report several days later mm-hmm. that he was actually in line and wanted to direct the Joker movie. I thought, in for, I thought forever that he was like attached to it in some way. He was attached to it like as an executive producer, I okay. think, for a while. Okay. Um, but the... Close, source quote unquote sources close to Scorsese say yeah. that he wanted to direct it, but the Todd Phillips came in with a vision and a script and uh, you know, uh, uh, like I said, a vision for it that Warner brothers liked more than his. So if you, if you want to believe that report, it almost feels like sour grapes to yeah. a certain extent. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see a Scorsese film related to DC comics or any comics yeah. for that matter. I mean, I really want to see the Irishman is coming out soon. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like three plus hours long. It's supposed to be amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a really long film. I guess like the departed was really long. It was that what a great movie. That was probably like what two and a half. I don't even had know to be like, like at two, least two, two forty five, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Super long movie. But yeah, these are like, it, they're just another, they're another piece in that, medium yeah right we're just that's all we're talking about yep yep so funny funny to talk funny to think that he wanted in and then <laughs> i'm really surprised that he wasn't attached to it too i mean they certainly riffed off of his movies oh god absolutely you know? de niro's in it yes de niro is in it <laughs> yeah i wonder what that conversation's like right with you know because you know de niro and scorsese talk all the time oh, yeah. and you know clearly de niro didn't have a problem being in that movie no. um so anyways pretty interesting stuff um so uh, the last topic that I wanted to get into on the poll list this week is uh, Sony announced some major details about the PlayStation 5. The deets. Yeah. The deets. The deets are out. Yeah. So 
Uh, the biggest one is that it's going to be released in the holiday season of 2020. They didn't have soon. It is. They didn't have a specific date. I'm sure we'll get that relatively soon. But you can imagine, you know, sometime around October, November of 2020. Um, so about a calendar year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can buy it for Christmas time. Um, and they, you know, they talked about some things, some things that we'd heard before, but some new things that I thought were really, really interesting. The first one, obviously, we've talked about this before. Um, it works with a solid state drive. And so the load times are going to be super quick. That seems to be the biggest kind of, uh, I don't know, detail that people are focusing yeah, on. Yeah, it's kind of the biggest leap forward, I mm-hmm. think. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, if there's one thing, you know, we've uh, we've talked about video games a lot on the show. And, and I've, I think, mentioned it before that I'm not sure where they can go with these things graphically. Mm. Because they're already so amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it's why you see so many VR things happening now because right. that's really sort of the next step. Mm-hmm. But as far as 2D gaming is concerned, it's hard to imagine it being much better graphically. Right. So it, what you're seeing now is kind of what you've seen out of uh, sports games as they iterate from year to year. Sure. You see these improvements on the fringes of the game itself. Yeah. Um, just you know, better menus or better this or better that. Um, and this is a huge thing. You know, if there's one thing that has always hampered um, modern consoles, it's the load times and the sort of weird fiery hoops that developers have to go through to sort of hide some of the load times. Mm. Um, th- situations where maybe a character in a game has to get into an elevator and take an elevator up to the top of a building or something. And really what's happening there is they're using that time going up the elevator as loading time. Right. They're just, you know, they're just playing with you that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is going to be, you know, one of the guys from Sony was talking about this and he was saying that, you know, back in the console days in the Nintendo or super Nintendo days, the, the cartridge games were instantaneous. There yeah. was no load time. That's on, true. On those things. And that's what we're going to go back to. Yeah. With, with this technology. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it was some like early demonstration of this technology of the, the S, SD drives kind of in action. And it was, I believe it was just some some of the layout from, I think it was from Spider-Man 4, mm-hmm. or Spider-Man yeah, PS4. And it was just like some streets of New York and they were kind of cruising through it. And they were like, okay, here's how it looks cruising through the streets of New York, you know on the ps4 and it would you know go through maybe three or four blocks and then it would stop to load and then it would go three or four blocks and stop to load and in the ps5 demonstration it was just like straight on cruising through them and it was like there was no there was no stop no mm-hmm. lag nothing yeah. and so that is i that sounds amazing yeah I'll, I'll believe it when i see it yeah but that's you know if that's kind of the next stage that we have then it i feel like the possibilities for content creation in games is going to just like totally go off the rails. Like I have no idea what people are going to come up with. Absolutely. And one of the things that they, they highlighted too with the solid state drives is that um, it's actually going to, because it takes away a lot of the memory processes that used to have to happen. um, It actually allows for uh, more intricate games. So the, the, the size of the game itself mm-hmm. from a bytes standpoint can yeah. actually be much larger now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what developers do well, with, said with that extra space. The, the, uh, said in the article that the PS five was going to, it's, it's got, was a hundred, uh, the games were going to be like a hundred gigs, uh, in installation. Yeah. Like by default. You, yeah. But then that it's also going to run like the, the drive is also going to be able to run a 4k Blu-ray. Yeah. So that's, impressive it's super powerful yeah 
That's yeah. a lot of computing power. It's a lot of computing. <laughs> it's a lot of computing power. Um, and one of the other things that I thought was really interesting too was the possibility exists for you to 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 uh, load only parts of the game if you want. Oh. So say you get a game that comes with a single player mode and a multiplayer mode mm. and whatever, you can actually just load just a single player mode, and you know take up less system resources because you're not you're not interested in that's smart. Yeah. It, it, so. We'll Having see. more control over the installation process is probably really good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and there were a couple other um, notes that came out of this, mostly around the controls of the game, which I thought were really, really interesting. Uh, the first one is the adaptive triggers on the controllers. So apparently what they've done is they've come up with a way to give you like essentially like resistance on the triggers. So imagine if you ha- are playing a game where your character is pulling a bow and arrow and you have to pull the bow back with one of the triggers it will actually it will actually push back on you to a certain to a certain degree and give you a level of feedback in your fingers you literally have to fight the controller really there's I, a there's a physical element now yeah it's crazy yeah your your hands are going to be I mean, super strong no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's always that conversation of the uh, video game muscle that's like i don't even remember what muscle it is but it's like between your thumb and your your pointer finger or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like, if you flex that, you can tell if you're a gamer or not. Yeah. But the, uh, the idea of like having to fight your own controller, <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds great. Um, yeah. If you have carpal tunnel, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, bad, bad, bad news bears. <laughs> you're going to have to use some of the, uh, off shelf off brand <laughs> yeah. versions. Um, so that sounds really cool. And then the other thing was this thing they're calling, well, it's not, they're not calling it this. It's called haptic feedback. So, um, in modern controllers these days, they've got rumble, right? So right. you were all used to control. If you have a PS4 or a PS3, even since, a... Since the Nintendo 64 Yeah, days, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. The vibrations. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be playing a game. It, say it's like a car game or something. You'll crash and the controller will rumble in your hands, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. This is a... It's like the next step in the evolution of the rumble. So the way it was described by the people who got sort of hands-on with this was that you can really feel the difference if you are if you're going through a sandy environment it gets sloggy and and kind of gives you a bit of a sort of um uh i don't know how you how you describe it i guess sloggy is the best way i can put it just kind right. of a slow sort of feeling you it's get hard, on it's hard to run or walk through sand right you get on ice and it feels like the controller gets kind of floaty Ooh, and kind of a, like you've got not quite as much control to it and that kind of thing. So you hit your head on a wall and it jumps up and smacks you right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that you have to hook these controllers directly into your brain when you play. Yeah. When you going to start. It's going to be like a Three Stooges skit, you know, yeah. just getting whacked in the eye. Yeah, spraying you with water and all yeah, this kind exactly. of stuff. It's going to be crazy. Um, but this sounds cool. This sounds like, you know. Um, everybody's going for, for immersive gameplay, which is why obviously the VR stuff is so big these days. And, you know, the the console makers who aren't doing VR stuff, like, you know, like they're not going to do on the PlayStation five need to give you a more immersive experience. And so, yeah, all this sounds really, really cool. Yeah. We'll see it in action at some point. Yeah. I hope I'm looking forward to it. Um, another thing that I'm really looking forward to it as we move on to our one shots, uh, this week, uh, it was revealed uh, through some gameplay footage that uh, the one and only Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is going to be sort of a main protagonist in the new Avengers game from Square Enix. Cool. That has changed my tune on this <coughs> game. 
Yeah. I'm definitely more interested in it now. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I mean, look, it, I, I was going to get this game no matter what. Yeah. It's just for me, that's kind of, I'm the target audience, so I'm going to get it. But if if it kind of goes the way that this trailer seems to indicate it's going to go, um, and really Ms. Marvel pushes the, the narrative along, mm. um, that's great. Yeah. And what an amazing way to introduce her to a larger audience. You know, comic book readers know her. Sure. But... Video game players don't necessarily know her. Mm-hmm. People who are only into the MCU don't really know who she is, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And this will get her sort of front and center and ready to be introduced in a her show. Yeah. And then eventually in the movies. Yeah, the gameplay looks awesome. It does look very cool. Her like embiggening and shrinking and like jumping across uh, rooftops and beating up bad guys with giant fists looks yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. I, like you, or we talked about on the show, I'm not in love with what they've done with the classic Avengers mm. in terms of the character models, the yeah, voices and stuff the like that. Just design of everything. Yeah. yeah. They kind of, they leaned a little too close to the MCU and they didn't quite get there right. where they could have gone more comic booky, but th- she makes it more comic booky mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So um, I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sticking with the video game front, uh, there was a report that uh, Riot Games, um, which has been in the news for a lot of unsavory things in the last year or so, um, so they've they've apparently told their uh, League of Legends players, the people who play in the leagues and the you know the the professional players mm-hmm. um, and the commentators that they have, they've they've forbid them from talking politics on the air um, or in public in general, which um, is problematic for me. Yeah. Um, mostly because, you know, we have free speech and you should be able to talk about what you want to talk about. Um, it should be noted that Riot is owned by the Chinese mega company uh, Tencent. Um, and with all the things going on in Hong Kong these days, I think that's kind of what, what has prompted this. If you've been following the NBA and the the things going on in the NBA and uh, the, the Rockets owner speaking out about the situation in Hong Kong and Steve Kerr, the coach of the Warriors, talking about it too. Um, there seems to be a lot of there seems to be a lot of trying to to muffle or muzzle muffle. That's muffle. Both. Muffle is a not bit the word. Of both. You know, yeah. you're gonna put a muzzle on it to muffle it. Yeah, uh, to muzzle some of this some of this uh, talk about what's going on over there. I I guess I'm not surprised. No, it's not surprising. Yeah, I mean the part. I mean part of me is like good luck, but the other part of me is like, in what major sporting. Uh, circuit do we not have policies like this well i mean if i think what what happens usually in other sporting leagues is that you get recommendations right from the league to yeah. not say anything crazy yeah but no one like goes out and says you can't talk about right politics or you can't talk about this or that or the other thing and people you know there's i mean there are plenty of outspoken athletes who you know Colin Kaepernick. I was just going to you know? say, like, that's the first mm-hmm. thing that comes to mind just sure. because it's, I don't know, I guess it's it's more fresh in my own mind. Uh, but the, but the, the idea of trying to, like, silence people. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, on their political, especially when they're in the public eye like that. Like, they're just interviewed over and over and over again. Yeah. They're talked to so many people. Their stuff is on social media everywhere. Everything they do and say is scrutinized. Like, it's just bound to happen. Yeah, and what a way to what a way to torpedo your product, right? Um, yeah. The whole the whole professional gaming thing is built on this idea of edginess, mm. right? It's it's not your mom, it's not your your dad's and your mom's and dad's professional sports anymore. This mm. is something for kids, for young people, for uh, for a different generation, for people who you know are 
not of the old school mentalities and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and to, to then, um, take the free speech away from, from your quote unquote, your athletes right. and your, you know, the people who work for you and stuff like that. What a way to turn off, you know, the, the, the people that are interested in your product, mm-hmm. you know, because if there's one thing you can say about, um, you know, the, the, the young people these days, Oh my God, it sounds so old when I say that, but if there's something, if there's anything you can say about, you know, people between the ages of say 18 and 25 these days is that they're more politically active than they have been in a generation. Yeah. They're, they've got opinions, they've got, you know, real, you know, uh, Hell, even kids younger than that are yeah, more politically active. Yeah. And, and, and they need to be heard. And this is just going to, I mean, it's just crazy. I, I don't, don't see it ending well for them. I mean, it, I at least like I don't see it like even affecting them directly in that regard. But I just don't see it actually being adhered to as much as they hope it is. Yeah, I think the commentators on their their studio shows and the broadcast and stuff will probably adhere to it because they got to keep their jobs. Sure. Well, and at the end of the day, they're there to talk about the sport. Yeah, I but get it. At the same time, when you have interviews with people from varying ages in various different types of sports right mm-hmm. like they all have opinions they're all people they're yeah. and they're entitled to their opinions too absolutely 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 martin scorsese entitled to his opinion <laughs> exactly league of legends gamers also, also entitled, entitled to their, to their yes, opinions correct they right. should get together that would be an interesting <laughs> oh <God>. interview <laughs> um so moving on to something happier uh <laughs> i love this i absolutely love this so it was reported that uh spider-man himself tom holland was highly instrumental in saving the Disney Sony deal. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a- apparently Tom Holland reached out directly to Bob Iger, to uh, people on the Sony side, Amy Pascal, and people like that, and appealed to them to say, "Hey, let's make this deal happen." And it was, it was sort of getting Iger involved and getting some of the other people involved in this that turn the tide mm-hmm. to get it back. Mm-hmm. And I just love this idea that Peter Parker yeah. saved. It's so great. He's the hero. We really, he's we the hero. He's the hero. We, we, re- we deserve. I just have to imagine him like <laughs> phoning and calling or like just texting and emailing constantly. And I just, I assume that every single conversation with him just ended with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> you know? and that being just like each of them being like oh god my heartstrings you know damn it uh but i also love the the connection to the fans that he has too like yeah. i think yeah, one of the things that they call out is the uh d23 um kind of like feedback and the the fans kind of outcry while he was there and just how emotional it was mm-hmm. and I, I mean we've talked about it so many times on the show now just in the last few episodes but it's been an emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. Oh man, tell you me know, about like, it. I don't know how it's been for the executives involved in making these decisions, but for all the people that are actually like, you know, in love with these things, including Tom Holland, yeah. you know, who loves clearly loves being Spider-Man and we clearly love him as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the fact that he he was brave enough to like kind of step up to them and be like you guys should really reconsider this mm-hmm. or you should consider, you know, making the fans happy because it's clearly what they want. Um, I, I that says a lot about his character. Agreed, and not Agreed. just as a Marvel person, like as a human person. I can't wait to see him in Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Oh yes. Um. So, 
Um, so speaking of the Sony, force is strong with this one. Yes. So speaking of Sony, uh, a, a report came out that they are still committed to making a Sinister Six movie. Um, I don't see how that's going to work from a Sony point of view. Um, I could see it working if if it's an MCU movie down yeah. the line. Um, but I don't see it as Sony. Makes I mean, it. it could be incorporated into the spider verse somehow, I guess maybe, or it's something that they're going to build up to with like the men, the, the men, the venom and Morbius, which would, you know, their, their celebrity couple name would be Menem. um, venom and Morbius <laughs> or uh, Morbius. movies. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ven- Venorbius. Um, the, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, uh, the Sony standalone films, right, are going to be folded into the MCU, supposedly. That's or what like it sounds like. Somehow. Yeah. So I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have that, too. But I, I'm just, I guess part of me is having a hard time imagining Morbius and Venom in the Sinister Six. Yeah. Um, and maybe they won't be. Maybe it'll be, you know, Vulture and Scorpion characters we've met. That's true. We've already seen them. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, there was a report uh, from uh, Disney. Well, I don't know if it was from Disney, but there was a report that uh, the Marvel Disney Plus series that are going to be on that, that streaming service are going to have feature film budgets. I think we knew that they were going to spend quite a bit of money on these shows, yeah. especially because they're having the actual actors, mm-hmm. you know, be in these things. But to hear them talk about these humongous movie budgets that are putting in these things is, I mean, what a world we live in that yeah. it, it, to it, get, to get that, that quality of stuff on the small screen is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, and it's uh it's kind of making me think a lot more about like where the line is going to blur even more. Oh, yeah. Like, are we going to start seeing small screen episodic stuff at the theater or are we going to start seeing more cinema at home like it feels like the other way it feels like it feels like what they're doing here is they're positioning these things as cinema at home Mm -hmm. as look we're still going to make these big giant movies that everyone's going to want to go rush to the theater and see but we're also going to give you that quality in the comfort of your own home Mm -hmm. and just entice you to keep going back to the movies whenever we make another one yeah you know yeah um it's kind of a masterstroke if you think about it well and they're going to just make so much money oh my god so much god. money there so i mean so of course they can afford to spend it on production sure. value that that that's that high yeah right um you know casting aside but like yeah the the production that goes behind all of the effects and having those actors and directors and writers and everybody on the team like available for however long it is to make those series yeah that's got to be expensive yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the ones that I think is going to be maybe the most expensive because of how trippy and out there it's going to be is the WandaVision series. Yeah. Um, and there was a report today um, of a casting call that uh, sort of sparked uh, speculation among fans that the WandaVision show is going to set up a couple key Young, Avenger, young Avengers characters, uh, namely Wiccan and Speed, who are the children of uh wanda maximoff uh mm-hmm. the well wait have they said wanda maximoff no they haven't said she's not connected to magneto okay so way. they haven't said her last name okay so not yet not yet so um but they're connected to the scarlet witch as her her children and they are key young avengers uh so the casting call was actually for uh babies <laughs> that they are going to star in the show babies yeah so if you know anything about about uh, scarlet witch and vision in their relationship um and these 
kids that they have. Um, Wanda kind of made them up uh, in her uh, reality, reality altering powers. She's kind of uh, created these children out of nothing. And there's a lot of sort of tragic stories that go along with them. But in the comic books, these two have persisted. They're so popular as characters. They've persisted um, beyond her creation, if you will. Um, And we even talked when we did the, we did the superhero draft. I picked Wiccan on my team um, because he's a, he's a great character, but this could be a really cool way to set a lot of cool stuff up. Yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go in that kind of, uh, that take with the character. I think, you know, when we were talking before about kind of what we were seeing from the, the ads and just what has been released for the show, like it's clear there's going to be some messed up trippy stuff going on because it doesn't seem like Wanda's got it all together anymore. No, not even a little bit. Um, and yeah, we'll see how far that even goes. I guess maybe when she's in uh, Doctor Strange as well. The what is it? The the uh, Del, the Del, what into madness? Uh, uh, in into the into the multiverse of multiverse madness. Multiverse of madness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, reality warping. Uh, Wanda. Scarlet Witch going off the deep end and just being like, I'm making babies now. Oh my uh, God. And they're going to be part of the continuity. That'd be pretty crazy, but it'd be really interesting to see because that's very comic booky. And we haven't seen anything like that in these movies yet. No. Um, and I'm excited that, th- I mean, if, if, if the titles of those movies didn't give it away, yeah, that's the direction we're going. Yeah. I think they've, so. they've just got, they've got so much, um, currency with the fans now that mm-hmm. they can just go in these crazy ass directions yeah. and people are going to accept it. Yep. So I'm looking I'm forward cool with that. Yeah. Totally looking forward to it. Um, last note on Disney plus, uh, there was a report, you know, so we, we mentioned that in the Netherlands they've had Disney plus for a while now. They're kind of beta testing it over there. Right. Um, and one of the things that came out is that uh, Disney plus is actually going to provide the content you would normally get on a physical DVD for these movies. So you're going to get what? special features and bonus content and stuff like that. I don't know if you'll get, I don't know if you'll get uh, commentaries or not. Please. Um, that would be great. I want that. But what a great thing to add to your streaming service. It's to, just moving further and further away yeah, from to, the tangible media. Yeah. So physical media, obviously going the way of the, the Buffalo, so to speak. Um, it's a little sad. I, there's, you know, being the ages that we are, mm. you know, there, there is an attachment to physical media that I think we still have um, that, uh, people of this generation don't really have, I guess. Um, but it makes sense. You know, um, I just got done sort of ridding myself of a lot of, you know, CDs and DVDs and things like that. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I have to let go of those things. No, totally. So it would be, hopefully this is true. Hopefully it'll be, there'll be, uh, this kind of content on the streaming service. Cause that would be great to see. Um, uh, one more, uh, uh, Marvel Studios note, um, a lot of people were hoping that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was going to get some Oscar um, consideration for his performance in Avengers Endgame. Um, he was on the Howard Stern show, and uh, basically he, t- he said to Howard Stern that he asked Disney to not push him for an Oscar. So he wanted him to be, he wanted himself to be sort of taken out of consideration for that, which, okay, it's too bad, but... Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, like I, I haven't held much, I guess I, I haven't put much weight on the Oscars in a really long time. Yeah, me either. Like the movies that are, cause there's, there's so much politics that goes into getting your movie 
nominated in the first place or getting a nomination in the first place. You know, look at how long it took Leonardo DiCaprio to actually win one. True. You know, it's just, that's just another testament to like how, I guess, separate the kind of high and mighty people who are running these shows and like awarding these awards um, are from us, the fans mm-hmm. um, who are actually going and paying money to watch these uh, these artistic demonstrations. But I thought it was funny too, because to, I was curious after he said that um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, because he's actually been nominated uh, twice for okay. an Oscar, once for Chaplin, right, for Best Actor, and then he also was nominated Best Supporting Actor for Tropic Thunder, which that's right is a fantastic representation of his acting ability as yeah. he plays like three or four different characters in that movie yeah um but he's also like won plenty of awards too outside of the uh, academy awards like he's won and nominated several several awards but it also doesn't change the way that we as fans feel about his performance oh no of course right? not of course like, not academy award no academy award he's an amazing actor and yeah. he crushed it in endgame yeah. so i think that's going to stand the test of time. Oh, no, definitely. No, no definitely. question. Yeah. So I respect, I respect his, his decision there. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> a story came out. Uh, this must've been in the middle of this week or whatever, uh, that our old friend, Rob Liefeld, who is just giant biceps and no feet. He's just, he's just a zany human being. Um, if you've ever seen him on interviews and stuff like that, he appears to be on Coke all the time. All the time. Even though I'm pretty sure he's not these days. I mean, can he afford it? Well, yeah. I, I suppose he is making money off of like Deadpool and stuff. Oh, right? yeah. I yeah, mean, okay. yeah. His ancillaries. Yeah. That, that check he gets for doing nothing right. all the time has yep. got to be huge. All the t- you know, so. Um, but it sounds like he might be gearing up to sue Marvel Comics, which is uh, an interesting thing. So he tweeted out, uh, and I'm going to quote him here. He tweeted this out. He says, uh, had a good long talk with my attorney. Time to hold some feet to the fire for some shady practices over at Marvel. Good times to come. And then he tagged uh, Bob Iger, (laughs) which I thought was just lovely. Um, But then he clarified, you know, I think people thought he's going to sue Marvel Studios. But he he clarified that his his issue is with the New York branch of Marvel, which is Marvel Comics proper, um, headed by Ike Perlmutter, who is a noted... uh, friend and associate of Donald Trump. Um, and one of the people who uh, Kevin Feige and company sought to uh, distance themselves from when Marvel Studios was getting off the ground. And they did so successfully, thanks, thanks to uh, Uncle Bob Iger. So that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm, I'm very, very curious what the shady practices are. Um, most likely this is about compensation you know, um, artist compensation, totally. which is something that Rob Liefeld and his image, uh, co-founders were, you know, fighting against, you know, in the nineties when they broke off and formed image. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but you know, good old Rob Liefeld shaking things up again. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how, I guess we can always rely on Rob to be very vocal mm-hmm. now. Um, is he even doing work? Like, is he like drawing things? He is. Still? Yeah, I mean, he did the he he did the Major X thing. Okay. Um, for Marvel recently, I know he's doing um he's doing a lot of like covers mm. and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he's involved in as far as other books that other companies are concerned at this point. I don't know if he has anything going at Image at this point. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's still 
he's still out there working. That's cool. I I appreciate his uh, his I guess uh, standing up for the rights of artists and creativity, but I also wonder where this is gonna go and if it's just gonna be like, well, Uncle Rob's on his rant again. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he's a little all over the place. Sometimes it's hard to take him seriously, but you know he um like you said. He's been sort of at the forefront of artist rights for a long time. So mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Um, and any any chance to stick it to Ike Perlmutter is fine with me. Yeah, it's probably That yeah, guy's a, a dick. Thing. Yeah. Um, couple last things I want to talk about. Uh, some interesting things. One, this thing, this is crazy to me. And part of me feels for Matt Damon, but part of me kind of doesn't. It's sort of, you know, it, it was his choice, I guess. Matt Damon. So he told a story. He told a story that um, – Long ago, he passed on being in Avatar. The movie Avatar. The movie Avatar. James Cameron's Avatar. And uh, James Cameron offered him, um, I, I think it was something like, uh, hold on. Let me let me pull the story up here because the details are have gotten away the from The title my, says small fortune. You've gotten away from my brain. So let me, I'm going to read this because I it was so, this is one of those, it's one of those Hollywood stories that you hear that you kind of go, is that real? Um but anyways, um, let's see. So uh, Matt Damon says, uh, Jim Cameron offered me Avatar. And when he offered it to me, he goes, now listen, I don't need anybody. I don't need a name for this, a named actor. If you don't take this, I'm going to find an unknown actor and give it to him because the movie doesn't really need you. But if you take the part, I'll give you 10% of, you know, and then it kind of gets a little fuzzy or so on the subject of money. So Jim Cameron essentially offered Matt Damon uh, 10% or so of the stake in avatar when he offered him the part in the movie to, to take it, which would have, it would have been something like, I don't know, $250 million or something that all told at the end of the day, because that movie made over a billion dollars. You know, it was up until end game. It was the highest grossing movie of all time. So, Matt Damon essentially turned down the opportunity, whether he knew it or not. Well, certainly he didn't know it, but um, he was doing other things at the time. He goes on to talk about how he was working on other things and he didn't want to leave uh, the people he was working with sort of hanging sort of high and dry on those projects. But it's it, it, this this story was crazy to me because it, it, it's just sort of it's one of those it's one of those Hollywood myths that you hear of from time to time. Mm. And oh, crazy, just crazy um so yeah anyways i there's I'm just trying to imagine matt damon in that movie i mean he would have played he would have played that main, main character, character right yeah i'm wondering how different that really would have been i honestly though i haven't watched avatar since i saw it in theaters yeah no me too yeah. me too it's it's that i i don't know i'm just i haven't been that interested in rewatching it but with matt damon in it i don't know if i would feel any different no, probably not. I'm sure it would have been just fine. Yeah. 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 But anyways, it's crazy to think he... Zoe Saldana's in it, you know. Uh, How about that? Zoe Saldana in Avatar and Endgame. That's right. And uh, Sigourney Weaver, who is not in Endgame. No. But was in The Alien. Defenders yep. on Netflix. Netflix. Which does have a direct connection to Marvel there. Sunk. So we, we, we're doing the seven, the seven degrees of cut bacon. bacon or six degrees of cut yeah, bacon or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. However many degrees we need, we're all getting bacon. <laughs> uh, 
All right, and uh, the, the, so the last uh, note here on the one-shots uh, that is that several MCU actresses are being considered for the role of Catwoman in the upcoming Batman movie. Um, they include Tessa Thompson, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and Samantha Ship, which huh. would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I like this. I like that they they they've, they've we already talked about Jeffrey Wright uh, as Commissioner Gordon. True. Uh, and it looks like they're going for a little bit more uh, diversity in the in the cast, and I, I'm all for it. I don't know. I think of the three, I think I'd like to see Samantha Ship um, in that part. Is it Alexandra uh, Ship? No. Well, I think it's Samantha Ship, right? Tessa Thompson, Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, and you're right. Ship. Why did I put? I don't know it's why okay. I put Samantha. Yeah, Alexandra. I'm sorry. Okay. So Alexandra Ship played. I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that, um, but she played Storm in the last couple um, X-Men movies. So an apocalypse and dark Phoenix. Um, and she held on to her accent. Wait, she did. She did not pull a Holly Berry. Who <laughs> also played Catwoman. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Where's Kevin Bacon in all this? <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon in an X-Men movie. That's true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. It's, when we're talking about the uh, superhero genre, that is, we're just talking about movies now. Yeah. Just, everybody's been in one. Everybody's been in Just about everybody's oh been in God. one. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what Catwoman's role is even going to be like. But right. I think, of the, yeah, of all of them, uh, Alexandra Ship maybe fits better in the like age range that they're going with yeah. uh, for like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, if, if that's what they're going for, I don't know. Um, just as Tessa Thompson and Lupita Nyong'o are just maybe slightly older than he is. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind the, I like the idea of Lupita doing it. Mm-hmm. Then again, I like the idea of Lupita doing right. anything. She can be on screen all day. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so I'd be cool with either of those, but I think Alexandra Ship I think would be, if, of, of the three of them, she, they, she would be my It'd choice. It'd be fun to that. see. It'd be super fun to see. Um, and that uh, is a good segue into our giant size topic of the week. Now, if you were, if you listened to, I think it was episode 23, a couple episodes ago, we did a really fun thing. Uh, and when we picked our superhero teams, we did a superhero draft. Um, and we did that sort of because uh, fantasy football was coming into, you know, was getting in a swing. And we thought it'd be fun to ha- have a draft of our own. And I think I mentioned at the end of that that perhaps someday we should do a villain draft. Yes. We should put together a team of supervillains uh, to to go up against our teams of superheroes. Um, and I don't think I expected to do this quite so soon. Hmm. But given the um, the success of the Joker movie, yeah, I thought this would be a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to do, if you were not with us before, is we are going to have a draft, uh, just as you would in fantasy sports. And we're going to go back and forth and pick our... Villain teams. Now, just like we did with the superhero teams, the point of this is to come up with a team that's not just like the most powerful team, but a team that would be interesting to watch, interesting to read if you were reading a comic book, um, and just sort of a team that complements one another power set wise and personality wise and (coughs) things like that. Now, I think villains personally are a little bit trickier to do. In this way, oh my god, I had so much. I had so much trouble picking all of mine. I did too, um, because you know, inevitably with villains, they've all got the same motivation, right? And so, not the, the same motivation, but they're they're always like backstabbing one another, and you know, it's rare that you get, <coughs> excuse me, that you get a group of villains 
that can work cohesively together. Right. Um, so I don't know that either one of these teams is really going to be, you know, teamwork all the way or mm-hmm. anything like that. And chances but, are they would still lose. Oh, to well, the of good course. Guys. Of course they would. They're villains. <coughs> Rarely do villains win. Well, so, we haven't seen the Joker yet, so we'll true, good see point. how that goes. Good point. Good point. But it seems like in that movie, he's not really opposed by a quote-unquote hero true, in any way. True. So, um, so, yeah, this was really fun last time. I'm looking forward to doing this this time. Um, because you got the first pick in the superhero draft, I am giving myself the first pick. Only fair. Only fair. In the supervillain draft. We also draft. don't have a coin. We don't have Harvey Two-Face here to flip a coin. Does anyone have coins anymore? I mean, I've got a couple over there okay. on my desk, but, you know, I'm going to save those for laundry. So smart. let's just go with the friendly play. Smart, smart. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go first. Um, and my number one pick in the uh, supervillain draft is going to be Dr. Doom. Knew it. Knew Did it. you? Knew it. Okay. All right. Knew it. And, and like, like last time... Um, Victor, we can we can withhold. <coughs> Excuse me, still fighting that stupid cough. Von Doom. We can fight, or we can uh, we can hold off on discussing exactly why we picked uh, who we picked uh, until the end here. But for me, you know, it's Doctor Doom. Yep, he's my favorite Marvel villain that he's there is. A big big baddie. He's a big old baddie, he's and so I had to have him on the team. Cool. Who is your number one pick? Rachel Ghoul. Interesting, and I'm saying Raish because it's friggin' pronounced Raish. If you watch the Batman animated series, they call him Raish. It's not Raz. He's not razzing anybody. He's Raish Al Ghul because he's a like immortal genius, and that's one of the reasons I picked him because he's a mastermind and All right. he outsmarts Batman often. Wow. Okay, not who I would have thought, but I like it. I like it a lot. Um, All right. So um, my uh, second round pick is going to be uh, the aforementioned Deathstroke. Nice. Um, I, I like the idea of having um, a, I don't know how you want to put this, how I, or how I want to put this. I like the idea of having a, a character who isn't um, concerned with leading the team, mm-hmm. who isn't concerned with um, the sort of larger stakes that, a lot of villains are concerned with the sort of, I'm going to take He's over the a lone wolf. I'm going to take over the world kind of nonsense. But it's still a pack play. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so that, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to take him because he's the perfect kind of guy to deploy on a mission. You're going to you know? deploy Deadpool or De- Deathstroke. I'm, gonna, Sorry. I'm going to deploy, deploy Deathstroke. Deploy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a pair. It's kind of like a parachute. Nice. Right. Okay. Pick number two for you. Um, wow, I wasn't expecting to go in this direction. Okay. Um, my second pick is going to be Magneto. Very nice. Now, Ooh, see, I would have thought Magneto. You could argue, too, with him because like, he does go to the good side in some cases, and is, he kind of plays both fields a little bit. But He does. For and the there most are, part, yeah. he's a villain. A lot of these villains, a lot of the people on my list, not a lot. Some of the people on my list mm-hmm. have done that thing where they've gone back and forth between yeah. good guy, bad guy. I even guy. thought about that in a couple instances of heroes where I was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, even Superman was a bad guy at one time. Sure. But, you know, we'll we'll just uh, we'll, we'll play it as, I guess, like the the, um, the normal. Yeah. The, uh, the true the, or the original, maybe, <clears throat> uh, alignment that they fit in. The dynamic between Magneto and Ra's al Ghul, really interesting. A lot of, a lot of string pulling going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I have... <laughs> 
so so part of my uh right away like part part of my my method for picking these characters was strictly because i love them like it it didn't have a whole lot to do with well how they would really interact i feel like i put a lot of thought into the power uh of each character when i was going uh through all my heroes Mm -hmm. um but because i was having a hard time picking villains in this case i was just like all right who do i want to see like who would i just want to like play with because it'd be fun um and yeah, Rachel Ghoul is probably my favorite Batman villain, and Magneto is probably my favorite Marvel villain. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so we're on to round three, and my pick in round three is going to be Loki. Nice. Um, god of mischief. God of mischief. Tom a- agent Hiddleston. Agent of agent of uh, of chaos. Um, it just can't trust a, him. You can't trust you him. Definitely can't trust. I mean, you can't, you can't trust any of these guys. No, you no, you can't trust. This is this is not a trustworthy group we're putting together here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I just like the idea of having um, you know a, a wild card yep. on my team. Um, and he's the kind of guy who he's going to be in the background. He's going to be doing some stuff that you're not prepared for. And as a as a um, as a character who functions as a plot device. Nobody does it really better than than Loki does. He's just he's there when you least expect it. Yep. He, he's he's just a good character to have Are around. You're never not gonna fall for that. True. Uh, all right. Your third pick is. Uh, I am going to go with Sinestro. Oh. Third round. I figured there were going to be a couple on here that we'd probably overlap with, but I had two lined up, and my round one or round two, depending on who you were going to go with. And I feel like I can't. I between the two that I had in this in this uh, in this lineup, Sinestro's the more powerful. God, you did this to me again. You did this to me with Wolverine. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm. I mean, I'm just. I'm. Just, I'm saying we both had a really good idea, and I called it first. <laughs> I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing character. He's yeah. an amazing, and he's he, his evolution as a character in the comic books is. Um, it's cra- it's crazy. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's crazy. He's gone. He went from being one of the greatest Green Lanterns of all time, right, to being Kyle this Jordan's mentor. mentor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to to being this agent uh, of fear. Yeah, he's kind of he's very much like Doctor Doom in yeah. a certain way, because um, he wants to he wants to rule with an iron fist, yep. but he also wants there to be sort of peace on his world. Yep. And order in that kind of thing. His vision of yeah, yeah, of order and uh, the balance of all things. Yeah, but in the color yellow only, because he loves mustard so much. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my number three. Yeah. So good pick. Good pick. All right. So uh, that threw a little bit of a wrench into my plan. So Ooh. my my fourth round pick is going to be Mister Freeze. Ooh. <sighs> one of my absolute favorite villains yep. of all time. He is I'm with you on that. He's one of my favorite villains of all time. Um an absolute must have for me. Um I think the thing that makes villains compelling whenever they're written well is the fact that they've got tragedy mm-hmm. in their in their yes. lives that they are relatable in some way. Yep. That you can sympathize with them to a certain extent. Obviously they will cross that line. So you can't be totally sympathetic of them, Mm -hmm. but Mr. Freeze is, he's that guy. So many of Batman's villains have that card. Yeah. But it's, 
it they they handle it differently mm-hmm. and that's one of the one of the reasons why i love mr freeze because yeah. he handles it in such a cold fashion <laughs> i see what you did there yes Very revenge nice. is a dish best served cold <laughs> so plus good. you know if we're talking about if we're talking about movies or comic books visually He's one of the more striking characters. Oh, totally. He just the red eyes in the distant and like the in the blizzard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's if go online and find there's so much incredible art mm-hmm. um, of Mister Freeze out there that you can find. You've it's, got a problem though. What's that? You have two victors on your team now. Oh crap! <laughs> I do. I did not. I do not have Victor Zaz oh, yep. on my list. Not yet. So I'm not going to pick Zaz. I assume we're we're going to ten again. Right? We are going okay, to ten. Yes. Good. I should have. I I didn't lay that ground rule. Just wanted to make sure. I yeah. Mean, got enough either way. But yeah. I was pretty sure we were going with ten. Yeah. So. I did not lay that ground rule to begin with. I apologize. It's we are, we are going to ten. Ten. So is it. round number four. Who is your pick? Uh, I'm going to go with Sabretooth on this one. <sighs> I considered him. Yep. Similar to why I picked Wolverine. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I. Yeah. I just feel like he's a a good one to have in your corner mm-hmm. if you're if you're a villain. I 100% agree. Um. You need a tank. Yeah. You have to have a tank. He can play it. He can play multiple roles there, though. I think too. Like he's a scout. He can do. He's like you know. In, he he can heal himself. Um. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of different things going on there. Interestingly, I. You know, when I when I showed up tonight uh, to, to do the podcast, I, I brought you the House of X mm-hmm. Powers of Ten series that I yes. just got done reading. Sabretooth plays a part in that. Ooh. Um, I'll be interested to hear what you what you also think about the way victor. that goes. <coughs> What's that? Also a victor. Also a victor. Yep. Victor Creed. Right. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of victors on this. A lot roster. of victors. Yeah. What's that all about? That's weird. <clears throat> super but they weird. are never really the victor. Oh, oh. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry, that was that was bad. I was stretching what's on, going that on there. One. Okay, all right. Uh, so we are on to round five. <coughs> Excuse me, we're gonna have to cut some of my coughs out again. That's good. Um, so my uh, fifth pick is going to be the White Queen, Emma Ooh. Frost. Yep. I wanted to pick her when we mm-hmm. did the superhero draft. Now we were talking about characters who skirt the line between mm-hmm. hero and villain. Yep, she definitely. Emma has it. been a hero for quite a while now in the comic books, but she did begin her life in the comic books as a villain. Um, That's right. So I'm taking a little bit of license here, but she's always got that undercurrent of darkness to her, mm-hmm. no matter how she's written in the books. Right. <coughs> and um, she's just like one bad you know, argument with Cyclops away from going bad again. Yeah. And she's, she's just always, she's the queen of ulterior motives. Right. And she's um, so cold. She, she's so cold. Um, but interestingly now I have freeze and frost, which I thought was very cute. Um, <laughs> that's what you were planning. That's the whole setup. The whole point of this. Whole, I can just quit now. I'm just done. That's my whole team. It's all, it's it. all ice themes yeah. from here on out. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, killer frost will be next. And then, Captain Cold, no. Um, yeah, I, I just really like her. Again, I, I think having a telepath on any team is important. Mm-hmm. Um, if Especially on a villain team, if for no other reason than to counteract the telepaths on the other side of the ledger. Um, and she's, again, she's just a very compelling person to watch yeah. or to read yep. you know, in, in the comic book. Comic book. So, yeah, Emma Frost. Nice. All right, who's your pick? For number f- six? Number five. five. Sorry, number five. Yep, number five. 
Uh, my number five pick is going to be Bizarro. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I was kind of going back and forth whether I wanted him on my roster at all. Um, but because he's basically the reverse Superman, but also kind of like an idiot, you know, like he's easily manipulated. Yeah. Um, but he has like all the strengths or a lot of the same strengths as Superman. Mm -hmm. So I figured that was worth putting him on there anyway. And plus I think he's also like, you know, one of those characters that's kind of lovable and, you know, entertaining even when he's you know wrecking shit destroying yeah things <clears throat> i consider bizarro for my list as well yeah the reason i didn't make my list of possibilities here i really prefer the more recent bizarro takes where he's sort of childlike mm-hmm. and more of a more of an innocent yeah than um than an agent of of evil, if yeah. You will, I there's always a, a a plot, or there's usually a storyline where Superman is actually trying to help Bizarro in yeah. some way, or mm-hmm. Bizarro is just kind of like mixed up in something, wrecking some stuff because he doesn't understand, um, or maybe he's just not in control of his emotions and has no idea how powerful he actually is, um, and so Superman kind of has to like help guide him in some way, mm-hmm. but. You know, putting him on the uh, the villain team roster is also a good way to just, you know, have another character that kind of does a whole lot of different stuff. He can play the tank. He can play the speedster. He can play, you know, heat vision, whatever. Like, there's a lot of sure. different roles that Bizarro can do. Yeah, super powerful. So, that's a I, I like the pick. I do really do like the pick. All right. So, we are on to round six. Uh, my pick for round six is going to be, I'm going to pick... Kang the Conqueror. <gasps> Kang. Um, time Traveler. Yep, Time Traveler. And that's really why. Um, that uh, is a skill set, a power set that um, I think is uh, it, it's compelling. It's, it's something that can be used in a lot of different ways, storytelling-wise, um, to get the team out of, you know, defeat, if you will. Right. And also to take advantage of heroes and surprising them in that kind of way so um yeah i just really like kang the Con- i think kang is going to play a big role in the mcu coming up here pretty soon yeah. i think kang is going to be something that we get into cool. quite, quite a bit there's a handful of those marvel marvel villains that we haven't gotten not just the ones that are fantastic four and x-men related mm-hmm. but some that are avengers related that i yeah. think we're, we're we're primed for he's one of them um and uh yeah i'm ready to see it That'd especially because especially if we do get that young avengers thing Oh yeah, because he play he's sort he's of the central vil- villain. Iron of, Lad, right? Yeah, he plays Iron Lad, or he, like a younger version of himself. Basically, is like Iron posing as Iron. Right, Lad. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I, re- if I recall correctly, it's been a while since I have read those, but I'm yeah. pretty sure. I remember yeah, right. so interesting character, interesting backstory. Um, so yeah, Kang the Conqueror is my number six pick. Okay, Oof. how to follow that up? All right, um, following up. Kang the Conqueror, my number six pick. God, this is a tough decision because I'm going going back and forth now. I kind of assume that this is how it went last get, time, right? Get, when, yeah. Once I you assume, get past the top five, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I assumed that a lot of these were going to get taken. Um, okay. Well, um, in that case, my next choice is going to be Clayface. Clayface, nice. I now see. I expected you to take quite a few Batman villains because I know uh, you have an affinity for them. I had a really hard time not just making my entire roster Batman and Spider-Man villains. Fair enough. Um, but also be- <laughs> partly because like 
they all have very good power sets. Yeah. Like there's a lot of variety in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of, the way I set it up is I went kind of back and forth between DC just in general and then Marvel in general. And then for each of my like kind of A and B uh, rosters or like backups, mm-hmm. I forced myself not to pick from the same like uh, heroes rogues gallery basically, or like, you know, someone who originated with that hero. So it, in the first round I picked Rachel Ghoul, my backup. Well, I'm not even going to say who my backup is. Yeah, don't but, do that. But is not that. from Batman is not a Batman sure. themed villain. Uh, so that, yeah. But so I just went back and forth doing that, but uh, Clayface, he's awesome. He's super, super cool character. Yeah. Um, he is able to, to, you know, morph into whatever he wants and he can make you know weapons and things like that, and he can make himself huge, uh, similar to like Sandman and to a degree. Yeah, it's a very it's a very useful skill set. You know, it's a very useful power set to have. Um, an impersonator, whether it's a chameleon or Mystique or yeah. anybody like that, yeah. that's a super it's a super um, interesting thing to have mm-hmm. on a on a villain team. I like it. Good pick. Yes. All right, pick number seven for me. A little bit off the board, I think. Uh, yeah, I think kind of off the board. I'm gonna pick Owlman. Oh, so yeah. Um, Owlman, uh, for people not familiar, is uh, the sort of Batman analog um, on what was the team called? It was um, shoot, my comic brain is is leaving me here. Um, comic brain struggling. Uh, the the crime the, summon my strength the the crime syndicate of America yes so crime uh, syndicate so there was there was a storyline obviously in the DC comics where you had the crime syndicate from another Earth so that Earth that they were on uh, all of your Justice League characters Superman Batman Flash Green Lantern whatever they're all bad guys so they sort of flipped the whole Justice League on its head and you get these villain characters who have been ported into the main DC universe through shenaniganery. Um, because that's just how comic books work. But, um, you know, when we did this last time, you got Batman and I really wanted to have a tactician. I, Owlman, especially if you've seen, Oh, what's the, is it doom? Is it justice league doom? Justice league doom. He's not in that one. No, it's not that one. One of the animated ones that he's in, um, he plays a central role and he's just, he's a mastermind. He's a guy who, like Batman crisis on two earths crisis on two, on two earths, just like Batman. He's five steps ahead of the curve. He's, you know, he's got a contingency for everything. He's uh he's just like Batman, just the evil twisted version of it. Um, there was also a kind of play on the Batman story in a Mark Millar book. Right. Um, what the hell was the name of that guy? Also my comic book brain. I mean, there's so many stories I can't keep them all yeah, straight. Sometimes but it was a it was a fairly popular one. Like you kind of it was like it was following in uh, the the footsteps of his fame with Kickass. Okay, but uh, and um, what was the other Superior? Yeah, um, yeah. that was another popular one. Um, but it was like a, a similar play on that. You know, this, this guy whose parents were murdered, and, and instead of you know seeking justice, he just kind of like became this ultra, you know. Uh, formidable guy and you know messes with everybody so he's a, a batman but a, a super super villain at the same time nice um fun 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 idea yeah definitely all right your seventh pick my number seven pick is going to be 
damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Brainiac. Yeah. I was wondering which one of us was going to pick Brainiac. Um, I, not a lot to say there. <laughs> he's, he's sort of the be all end all of, he's a bad dude. He's a bad, it's a bad dude. Yep. It's he's a bad a dude. World ending bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love his character. I mean, similar to like, why I like Dr. Freeze, I guess, in a lot of ways, but mostly Mr. Freeze. He's, sorry, Mr. Freeze. But also because he's uh, um, he because he's a machine, he's even more calculating, which makes him kind of unpredictable to a degree. Definitely. Um, yeah. There's just a whole lot of there, there's a there's an eeriness about him that I've always really liked in the Superman stories that I've read or yeah. seen. Nice. Good pick. Really good pick. Thanks. All right, uh, what are we at? Eight. Number eight here? Eight, number eight. Okay, number eight. Okay, this is where it gets, well, well it already got difficult, but this is going to be, this is tricky. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm not sure which way I want to go here, so. Oh, man. All right, I am going to take the aforementioned Mystique. Nice. Um, like nice. like you with, with uh, Clayface, I think... Um, it's just as far as a power set is concerned, mm-hmm. hers is one that is, sneaky. it's just useful. It's Very just useful. Sneaky. I think when we did the, when we did the superhero draft, I picked, uh, I picked Psylocke mm-hmm. because I needed sort of a stealthy character yep. and Mystique sort of fills that role. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is more stealthy than Mystique. She's not yep. the most powerful character, right? Um, but she's, she's useful in, right. a, in a fight and we're thinking less the uh the uh x-men movies mystique where she's right. like the head of no, the x-men and not jennifer lawrence <laughs> no 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 maybe we should call it x-women <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean okay. good line but de- <laughs> yeah, just yeah, delivered yeah, horribly no, just yeah just so anyways had to had to, had to poke at it thanks um thanks. all right number eight number eight so <laughs> As we're going through this, I'm quickly realizing how I have zero females on my roster. Yeah, fair enough. Well, whatever. And I feel it's not a lot of female villains, to be honest. I mean, there's some good ones out there. There are though, some good and ones. I feel like you took two of the very best ones. I did, but I still want one on my team. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I realized also that there's a, a, a potential in in here for me to to do that, even though I didn't intend it initially when I was setting this all up. So I'm gonna go with Doc Ock. Okay. But I'm going to go with the female Doc Ock from oh, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, interesting. Okay. Octavia. I like it. That's an interesting twist. I dig that. Because I love Dr. Octopus. Just like yeah, super awesome character. You need someone who's like, you know, also like very, you know, manipulative, but, you know, can like set plans into motion and then also, you know, has like this kind of, I don't know, warped sense of like judgment on people um but then yeah you know there's always like the 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 fun and quirky like i just want to dissect everything well and you need a super genius yep exactly and i mean like i've got a few of those yeah (laughs) true i guess you did just take brainiac didn't you (laughs) yeah i got a few of those but you know whatever it's always nice to have someone who can like do the super genius thing but then also has giant mechanical arms yes help them like you know rip shit apart yeah visually interesting character cool all right good pick Good pick. Number nine. All right. Number nine. My last, well, not my last pick, my, my next to last pick, I'm going to go with another female. 
um, because I like to have ladies like to have the ladies on my team. Represent. And this one I think might be even more off the board than uh, the ones we've talked about already. I'm going to go with Lady Shiva. Oh, so who's Lady Shiva? <laughs> uh, other than a god, right? Like a Hindu god, Shiva? Um, yeah. So she's been a bat- mostly a Batman villain. Um, she's the mother of Cassandra Kane. Who is? She the- was a Batgirl. Oh, she yes. Was one of the several Batgirls. Okay. Um, she is an assassin for hire. So she ah. she kind of the sort of, no, I wouldn't say female Deathstroke. Right. She, she's more martial arts, gotcha. less weapony, weapony and weapon-y. martial arty, that kind of thing. Uh, more martial arty, I should more say. More martial arty. Um, uh, League, she's in the League of Assassins oh. um, and all this kind of stuff. So, um, she, yeah. Did she like hang out with uh, Talia Al Ghul? Are they like, are they buddies? Uh, I don't Probably know if she. Not. Ha- I'm not sure if she hung out with Talia Al Ghul. I know she trained um, canonically in the comic book, and she trained the Black Canary. Mm. Um, she she's she's known to have trained a lot of different characters in martial arts. There's, I believe, she actually even, um, she actually even trained to a certain extent Dick Grayson. Um, if I'm not what, if I'm not mis- twist Dakin. Um, hold on one second. Fascinating. Yeah. So, well, I'm not going to find it in a, in a short order here, but she's, she's sort of, um, she's in, um, she's in that, uh, Batman Arkham origins video game. Oh, and she has one of the boss fights. Oh, and she's the one, she's the one that has the, uh, the, um, achievement if if you can beat her without her landing a blow, you get an achievement because she's so difficult to not get hit by. Yeah. Um, she's just one of the best fighters Super in the DC good. universe. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of villains on here who have, um, big ulterior motives, sort of leadership qualities and things like that. And I wanted another person to go along with Deathstroke as kind of your sort of assassin team. Mm. You know? Yep. So they gotta take him out. Yep. So that's that's gonna be my pick. Far out. Lady Shiva. Nice. Uh number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, all right. The last this number second to last character I'm gonna pick. Um similar to why you're picking um the fighters and people who can kind of be leaders too i'm gonna go with bullseye nice he's on my list as well um yeah i mean in in some regards he can be a very loose cannon but at the same time he's so accurate and um yeah he's very accurate yes um yeah he's not a bad guy to have you know uh backing you up i guess or in the front line even Mm -hmm. um just to like take out a lot of characters right at right at the beginning yeah Good pick. Good pick. All right. Yeah, it's funny because like, I feel like having any of these rosters go into like psychotherapy, you know, you just have like, oh my God, like they all need to be in therapy. Oh my God. Yeah. And... Big time. <laughs> big time. Okay. <laughs> so. Commentary on how these teams actually would work together. I mean, I mean, Suicide let's Squad, be honest. No, you know, no business, but. Yeah. Let's be honest. This, these teams aren't working oh together. Oh my God. They, yeah. But. You know, in, in true sort of um, be fun death match to watch. 
Yeah, in, in true Legion of Doom fashion, yeah. Yeah. you know, there is a place for villains to come together and go, look, the only way we're going to get rid of these stupid yep. heroes is to work together for a short amount of time. Yep. I think the understanding being that they're all going to just have their own motives and stab each other in the back, at, mm-hmm. you know, whenever they can. Okay. So last pick, this one is always hard because there's a lot of good characters left on the board. I'm going to go black Adam. Nice. Good choice. Really good choice. Um, yeah. Not just because you have the same name. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's a fantastic name, but that is not the reason I'm picking him. Um, <laughs> again, another character kind of like uh, kind of like Mr. Freeze, who has a tragic backstory, who can be sympathized with to a certain extent, but is also crazy, crazy powerful, you know, sort of Superman level powerful. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't have I don't have a lot of tanks. But he's magic. Yeah, I don't really have I don't really have tanks on my team other than I guess Deathstroke and I I suppose Lady Shiva to a certain extent. So you know, getting a getting a character like that who can really sort of stand front and center in a fight and take mm-hmm. on take on the other team's heaviest hitter, I think Black Adam fits the bill there. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. He's uh, definitely able to pull a lot of those uh, same roles uh, that you need in that in that kind of vein, but. Uh, also interesting to read, watch, uh, see how they unfold and like what kind of decisions they're going to make, uh, with Black Adam, I instantly think of if anybody's played the DC universe online video game, Mm -hmm. there's a really good opening sequence where Flash is about to hit Black Adam at super speed and then he goes Shazam until he takes out the flash Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing it's like it's a very interesting sequence there's a lot of really good uh stuff going on between characters in that one but i always liked how black adam uh uh, came out of that one Mm -hmm. and uh and then he gets pretty much spanked by superman so you know whatever which is weird because superman has a problem with magic yeah he was just like you know hanging out in front of the sun for a long time i think Uh aha but whatever you know that's right (laughs) oh yeah i remember that i remember that cinematic yeah 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 Yeah. yep (laughs) it's just yeah no big deal also Dwayne the rock johnson you can cast him. Yes. <laughs> I didn't, honestly, I didn't even think of that. You can have Dwayne on your team, but I can have, uh, yeah. Rock the Dwayne Johnson on my can team. You smell what black Adam is cooking. <laughs> All right. Who's your last pick? Oh, this was a really tough decision. Um, but it's going to be stilt man. <laughs> <laughs> also, I could swap the, I could, play the uh, the gender swap card on this one as well but you're gonna I'm go condiment gonna go, king uh or? nope i'm just gonna go stilt man for real you're going real. stilt man stilt Man's wow all yeah, right gotta have them all right <laughs> i looked at my entire roster of villains and i was just like nope there's no way i'm getting out of this i went I, I went jesus i didn't i he's, he's the getaway he's yeah. the way <laughs> and then oh he's out God. Wow. wow. Also, the super annoying one. You know, that's just like yeah. always in the back, like, ah, this isn't going to work. Or, I did not know. go for comic relief on my team <laughs> at all. Like, I just stuck that, I stuck straight to villainy. That is why you fail. Oh, man. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I had to. I had to. <laughs> we, we, can break it, we can break it down even further <laughs> if you want. Like, I, yeah, I've got a lot of plan Bs going on in this roster, too, so. <laughs> but I, I think our uh, I think these are pretty fun to look at. All right, so let's go through your team first, um, because I, as I'm staring at the the names on the screen here, 
That's a hell of a team. I've got a lot of masterminds. Yeah, the top three in particular for me are all characters that I had on my list, all characters that um, they got a lot of plans, those three. Mm-hmm. So let's, we'll go one by one here. So Ra's al Ghul, you talked a little bit about him. Yep, he's but, immortal. Yeah, he's immortal. He outsmarts Batman well, a lot. He's only immortal if he can find the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, but you know, if you get you get the rest of those players involved, he's probably going to have a Lazarus Pit with him wherever they go. Okay. And, yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's just such an interesting character. You know, like he's faced history. Um, you know, he's he's kind of always out for his own gain, but to kind of like further his like empire, his personal empire and uh, the League of Shadows and, and all did that you, stuff. Did you consider Talia as well? I did. Yeah. Um, yeah so when I was looking at, <laughs> I mean, because I was looking at all of Batman's rogues gallery. Of course you were. Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it was very hard for me not to take all of Batman's rogues gallery. There's quite a few of my plan B's in here were from Batman's list, but um, no. Yeah. When it came down to it, I was looking honestly like the, the top two masterminds from Batman are for me are, are going to be Raish or the Riddler. And uh, I, I have plenty of uh, I Riddler was on my roster as a plan B for sure. But I just like Raish as a character more. I think there's just more mystery wrapped up in his character. Sure. There's always that kind of element of like Batman doesn't really fully know the whole story of what's going on with him. Um, And there's just kind of like, I don't know. There's always, it seems like there's always more layers to peel away from that. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Okay, good. Um, All right. So second on your list is Magneto. Yep. Kind of goes without saying why he picked Magneto because he's Magneto. For also, crying, for also very um, yeah uh, uh, versatile, right? Like he can do a lot of different things, but he's also a total badass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I that's a hard, it's it, honestly like that one was kind of like a no brainer as far as like who to have on the roster, but also because like I just love his character. Like he's, he's so compelling. Yeah, right. And so there's a lot of there's a big element to it where it's just like oh. He's got like these motives that are kind of like understandable and I can empathize with him, but also like he's trying to kill everybody. Yep. You know, so there's that there's that part of it. Um that is uh that is always fun to read or watch. Yeah, no, he's always a he's super compelling character. I really, really like Magneto. Um and like you said, he he's played both sides of the, the coin so That's often right, yeah. that his line is pretty blurred. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes he's a good guy, sometimes he's a bad yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the same can be said for Sinestro. Right. He was the next guy yeah. on your list. Yeah. Sinestro was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I had, so I had two characters fear-based on, on my roster. I had Sinestro and I had Scarecrow. And I went with Sinestro because I think he's the more powerful one, but yeah, also definitely. because I didn't want to have too many Batman villains on my roster. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I think it would have been easy to go down that road. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, I knew one way or another I was going to get someone fear-based on there because I think that's a really important uh, a really important element to have on your villain team. Right. People who manipulate fear. Yep, definitely. Uh, so next is Sabretooth. Yeah. Talked a little bit about him and yep. how you needed a tank. He's scrappy. He can get real into it. Yeah, he's got a lot of those same traits that Wolverine have. So yeah. has worse. So there's, yeah. I like him. I like him on your team for the same reason I like the next two other the next two people on your team because they're not your um they're not your leader characters yeah they're not your 
your take over the world kind of characters. Right. You don't put these guys in charge. Right. But exactly. they are very handy. Super to have handy on your team. Yep. Definitely. So uh, the next up is Bizarro. Yep. You need a Superman analog, obviously. So. Exactly. Yeah. And again, like Bizarro is just a lovable character. Like, I was watching Monster Squad earlier today, and Frankenstein is basically the lovable character in that one. And I've yeah. always seen like Bizarro is similar to Frankenstein. Yeah. Just kind of like not the brightest crayon in the box, but also like you know has a he's always kind of trying to do the right thing at least in his you know his eyes definitely but uh yeah and then uh clayface fun, just super fun mm-hmm. like yeah i i wouldn't put him in charge necessarily but yeah i would not put him in charge uh, yeah. of anything he's just he's a uh, super powerful uh he can manipulate people he can shape shift do all that extra stuff um, there's there's plenty of instances where he'll just like full on dive right into somebody and fill them up with clay and then they're dead, you know. So uh, he can he can you know uh, take care of business when it needs to get taken done uh, taken care of quietly and quickly. Yep, definitely. Uh, so your next one, Brainiac. Um, yeah. So th- this one for me, I really really like the pick. Although I don't think there's another character on either of our teams that is more of a threat to his own team. <laughs> yeah. I know. Brainiac. It was like him and the Joker. I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't even have the Joker. I didn't even put the Joker on my list. Right. You could basically sabotage your team that way. Um, yeah. The way I, the reason I took Brainiac is because he's kind of the clincher. Like, if there's any uh, instance where it's like, oh, this isn't looking good for everybody else, well, you just send in Brainiac and he'll pretty much wipe everybody out. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just that that kind of uh, uh, entity. Plus, he's gonna outlast everybody on the team anyway. True. So, you know, it, it's uh, I don't know, it's not necessarily a hail mary play with him, but it's you're gonna have the. Uh, the technical side of things you're going to have the galactic side of things uh, i guess universal side of things too Mm -hmm. but um you know he's also uh, a good uh a planner you know he can he easily plans around uh what other people are going to do because he sees you know humans or other people as as predictable because they're not machines right okay uh, and then you picked the Spider-Verse version, the female Doc Ock. Yeah. Who we've not seen a lot of. In the vi- <laughs> yeah. Ladies um, in the villain roster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Doc Ock, for sure. Uh, Octavia. Um, yeah. Even though she's largely following Kingpin in that one, she's still basically out for her own gain of yeah. knowledge, right? She's yeah. just like, I want to dissect you and find out everything about how you tick. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, she's also like super smart. Um uh on the scientific front on the technology front so i could see her working with uh brainiac to a degree would be really scary um yeah like they could definitely cause some problems for yeah. everyone definitely uh, but then she's also got you know the octopus arms nice which is making her a formidable foe and then you went back into that uh sort of non-leader category and got bullseye mm-hmm. yeah Bull- <laughs> yeah bullseye uh, it part partly because all of these characters, I was looking for that feeling of like when they show up, you you notice or you just like uh, every time I read a story where it's like oh shit it's bullseye you mm-hmm. know like that that person or that character shows up in the story and you're like oh god this is not going to end well um, that's that's the feeling I get with bullseye every single time uh, whether he's in daredevil or not there's uh, there's a really great series uh, uh, a short couple of issues during dark rain where he fights deadpool and it's hilarious because oh, yeah. yeah. he's he plays dark hawkeye and it's it's just amazing like it's an, an amazing sequence but he's also just like you know sociopathic he's 
opt for blood. He's that guy that you're just like, put him in the front line because yep. he's going to go all out no matter what. Yep. And then last but not least, <laughs> well, actually, no, last and definitely, and definitely least, least. Still definitely man. Least. Well, uh, see, uh, to be to be completely <clears throat> honest, it, it came down to him or the guy who killed Uncle Ben. And um, <laughs> I knew I knew I just I had to have stilt man. So like whether or not you were taking him, I was going to put him on my team, on my roster. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's some funny, some, like, funny, you know, actually uh, pretty uh, interesting stories. If you go on uh, Google and YouTube and just look up stilt man being a formidable foe to like Daredevil and Spider-Man and stuff like that. My first encounter with stilt man was an ultimate Spider-Man when Peter just like, you know, slaps him mm-hmm. basically just bitch slaps him after he's like trying to rob a store or something. He's like, come on, man. Like really? Like I yeah. gotta go to school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, no one takes him seriously. Cause he's just the dude on stilts. Right. But it's, uh, that, that was kind of my first, like, uh, I guess like, uh, uh, introduction to him and so I always see him as that laughable character who is just going to be like the butt of every joke uh, forever and oh yeah I am totally fine with that All right. uh, having him on my team certainly fun to watch <laughs> yeah exactly okay yep good good it's a good team it's watch a really good it's a really good team um, I like it quite a bit um, I think my favorite of your picks obviously probably Magneto nice. um, and I really like the bullseye pick. I thought the bullseye pick was good. Thank he, you. He was on my list as well. Thank so. you. Yes. All right. So switching over to my team, um, I started with Dr. Doom. Knew it. I think, yeah, it was predictable. Um, I knew it was going to be him or Galactus. Yeah. So I can, so it's, what's interesting. So Galactus almost made my list yeah. and I didn't put him on my list because I view Galactus less like- as a villain and mm. more as a force of nature. Sure. Okay. You know, okay. like, I don't see his motives are not evil. Right. His motives are just hunger. Yeah. You know? And so I don't, I, I, t- I took him out of consideration because I didn't, I didn't really count him as a villain. So to right. speak. he is, that's fair. He is a, he's a force of destruction right. and disaster. Right. But he's not really a bad guy. Yeah. Per se. Right. You so don't, you don't, you put him in the same category as like a tsunami or a hurricane. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. he's not necessarily out to, you know, like mess with people's lives, but yep. he's like got this insatiable hunger all the time. Right. Yeah. And I really, I really, but the thing, galactic I think the thing I, that I like most about Dr. Doom is this idea is, has come up in like semi recent comics, but the idea that no matter what universe or timeline you're in, Victor Von Doom is the same mm-hmm. in every, every he's a, he's a universal constant, Yeah, which is amazing to me. It's a, Doom. the concept of it is amazing. And so I, I really, really liked, I really liked having him on the team. Um, he's justified in a lot of ways. Um, he's got a crazy power set. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, I picked Cyclops first on the yeah. superhero team Yeah, and same thing. He's kind of, he's that guy who is, you know, there is no line he won't cross yeah, to get. He's gonna get it. He's done. gonna get his job done. So yep. there will be doom. Yeah. So why I picked him? Doom will ensure it, and yes. you'll make sure that you'll be sure to hear a lot of him calling out his own name. Yes. Yeah. He <laughs> refers to himself in the third person as much as any doom villain knows it's doom time. Yeah. <laughs> it's doom time. Hey everybody, it's doom time. Stop. Um, doom time. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So next up, I pick Deathstroke. Um, I, I just, he's a character that just appeals to me visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and from very uh, striking, he's, he is a very striking character. 
black or yeah blue. orange and blue yeah i think is is sort of the, the more traditional eye. yeah and you know if it, as people may or may not know you know um deadpool is ripped directly from deathstroke right deathstroke um, deadpool right one is wade wilson wade or uh, sorry uh slade wilson slade wilson, slade wilson right? yeah so um yeah I, I just you have to have assassins on your team he's the guy you know he's he can he's go the assassin. Yeah, he can go toe to toe with Batman in a fight. Totes. So I, Totes, I, I had to have him on the team. So Loki was my next pick. Uh, again, yep. we talked about it at length when I picked him. Uh, just Agent of Chaos, son of Laffy. Yeah, Odin. Just just a just a character who is fun to watch. You know, um, and you get Tom Hiddleston, and you get Tom Hiddleston, which, which is, is just always good. You have to have him. Uh, I pick Mister Freeze next. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, another character who's served cold. Yes, so good. A character who's uh, very justified in his actions, um, but also uh, pretty evil. Yeah, you know when he, when you get right down to it, he's he, pretty evil. He's pretty content with the idea of just you know putting a glacier over the entire world. Yep, yep. So that he can just you know be by <coughs> himself. Uh, next up, I picked Emma Frost. Um, I really like Frozen Frost. As much as I like the, you think they would get together. <laughs> No. You think there's a love interest, maybe? No. Or maybe there could be a triangle on that team. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Let's write that in there. Um, I, I, as much as I like the hero Emma Frost mm-hmm. in the comic books, yep. um, and I think they've X-Men. written, I think they've written her really well as part of the X Men. Um, uh, also, like leader of the X Men. She, yeah, she, she has been. She yeah. has been. Um, obviously, love interest of one Scott Summers. Um, I, I, I always thought she worked better as a villain. Hmm. Um. And so she's cold as I yeah, and you and and you have to have for me you have to have a telepath, and she's right oh, up she's yes, true she's right up there with the that strongest very ones. Very true. Um, I pick Kang next. Uh, time travel is a huge thing uh, in in comics and in movies now. Um, I think he's going to be a character that's going to really grab people when he makes his screen debut he's in the MCU. Conquer some stuff. Yeah. Um. So he, I really, really like him. He's kind of um. He's one of those characters whose ulterior motives mm-hmm. would probably torpedo the whole rest of the team. Yeah. Um, but again, I just think his power set is one that I would like to have. And honestly, you got to have a wild card like that, right? Yeah. Like to definitely. make it interesting. Yeah. Like people always have to be like, I'm not so sure about that guy. Or like, we better watch what we're doing because he could just take over at any point, you yep. know, like once we're done here. Yeah. Uh, next for me was Owlman. Um, again, basically Batman. Basically bad, Batman. Bad, bad guy Batman. Yeah. Bad guy Batman. What's not to like? Um, <laughs> he's a hoot. He's a hoot. <laughs> oh, uh, I picked Mystique uh, for the same reason you picked uh, Clayface, I think. Um, it, it just that her powers uh, work on a villain team. You kind of just like, I think Shapeshifter on villain teams is very much like Speedster on hero teams for me. Mm. It's kind of an essential thing to have. Yeah. You have to have somebody who can infiltrate. Yep. You know? Yep. So that that's where she's at important role to play. Yep. I picked lady Shiva next. Uh, again, I needed one more fighter. I need one more hand to hand, hand to hand combat. I learned something today. Um, yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. She has some really interesting stories. If you, if you go back into her, her history and she pops up in the more recent stuff, um, because she's league of assassins and she's sort of in the shadows and all that kind of stuff. So, um, she's a good character. And then lastly, I picked black Adam, um, you have Bizarro as a super Superman analog. He's sort of my Superman analog who really is, he's sort of 
he's my main tank mm-hmm. really yep. he's going to stand out in front and, yep. and take the punishment and and go oh, yeah. for it that way he's going to take him down much like doom too though uh, a nation builder yeah you know that's true um, he was a conquer emperor yeah of kandak right so so a protector of his own people and very um justified in his actions mm-hmm. um in his own mind at least so I think a really compelling character to have. Super fun. So like last time, I want to go through the characters <coughs> on our lists that didn't get picked um, by either side. So do you want to go first on that? Sure. Go for it. All right. So uh, I mentioned Scarecrow earlier. Yeah. You needed to have the fear, uh, the fear play. Uh, that's just, I don't know. This is always fun to me. To, to have in a in a villain right so uh, and scarecrow is uh, you know uh crane right uh, one of my favorite batman villains of course so lost out to sinestro but uh still awesome awesome character yes uh, another character that i was kind of putting in the same vein as clayface to a degree but also bullseye uh carnage nice so i was gonna have yeah uh cletus cassidy carnage in there uh, to basically just like mess some stuff up. Yeah, I mean, right now Carnage is huge in the comics. They're going through the whole absolute Carnage, yeah, uh, crossover thing happening right now in yes. the comics. So, yes, yeah. Uh, I'm anxious to see how they plan to do that in the movies. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Um, and now that that's going to be like part of the MCU, I guess, or it's going to be connected to a MCU degree. adjacent. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm more interested in watching it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to any degree, I know that. He's a he's an interesting character and another one of those ones that's always like an oh shit it's carnage moment yep, totally um, and similar to that uh, Bane was another character uh, another another member of the Batman uh, Rogues Gallery uh, who can kind of do he can he can play a lot of the multiple roles too like he's definitely a tank you know with the venom and everything like that. he's a big dude but he's also kind of he's really intelligent yeah he's tactician like, definitely yeah he's definitely a tactician so someone you you kind of want to have. Uh, at least like laying out the field to a degree, but he can kind of like step in and, and mess some stuff up. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So who else did I have? Um, I also, another tactician was Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of surprised he didn't get picked. I, I put him on there and he was actually in my a column initially um, because I, the tactician part of it, the leadership part of it. And really, I mean, he can just kind of like finance the whole thing. Um, plus, you know, he's, yeah, you can get as much kryptonite as he needs, um, make any giant robots that you might need for, you know, world conquering or wrecking stuff, whatever. Um, but, uh, mo- mostly for the mastermind part. And I felt like I pretty much had the mastermind part, uh, taken care of by yeah. the time we got to, uh, Brainiac. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, well Magneto, before that too, yeah, I think. But, uh, yeah, so he he did not make the cut, but definitely was uh, another one of the masterminds. And then yet another mastermind I had on the list was the Riddler. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, Edward Nigma, Batman roster again. Uh, you know, fun character. I always love reading him in the comic books. He's one of those guys, especially in like the video games, that you just get like, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. Like you just get so pissed off at him. Oh my god, having to go do all those Riddler so challenges and the so, yeah. oh god so many of them and he's always in your ear just being yeah. like ha ha dark knight you know the whole time and uh and that's just one of the reasons why i love him because he's like obnoxious and he's super smart and he just wants to rub your face in it um so that's uh that's another villain thing yet again another <laughs> another uh batman uh rogues gallery character that i was putting in simply because i love him he's one of my favorites uh harvey two-face 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, there isn't really a whole lot that he's going to add to the team other than maybe being able to like get a bunch of muscle together or handle your legal affairs. But <laughs> you know, the duality of his character is always yeah. super compelling and interesting. Yep. Um, and the fact that he was like once friends with Bruce Wayne, uh, I love that aspect of, uh, of the dynamic between him and Batman. So yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Other than the guy who killed Ben, uncle Ben, which depending on which story you read could be a number of a number people, of people, number of different but, people. you know, I just wanted to have that on the list. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Good. Good. Good list. Um, thank I, you. Thank I'm, you very I'm much. I'm proud of you it for really hard. I'm proud of you for not just taking all Batman villains. Right, yeah. So good. Good job on well, that. Yeah. I feel like it was another one of those instances where I literally went to the, uh, the, I Googled, you know, top, DC and Marvel villains most Oh, they're all up in the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could have gone with Thanos and, like, you know, Abomination and Galactus and all these different characters, but I was just like, "Eh, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talked about it when we did the hero team. You know, it's super easy to just pick Silver Surfer and, you know, uh, Adam Warlock and, Mm -hmm. you know, just the biggest, baddest, you know, most powerful characters. They're not super compelling. I think think the team's... (laughs) Oh, I think the teams we put together are more yeah, compelling, more absolutely. interesting to watch. I would love to see these people interact yeah. with each other, even yeah. though it would probably end in mass yes. chaos. Yes, of course it would. There's, <laughs> yeah, no chance it wouldn't. Okay, so uh, the ones that we that were on my list that did not get picked, uh, I had Venom on there. Yes. Yep. I know another character who has been both hero and villain, mm-hmm. uh, mostly hero lately, but uh, so. I, I'm a big fan of original Eddie Brock. Yeah. Venom, just the, the, another duality character, but mm-hmm. also the... Uh, like just really friggin' hate Spider-Man so yeah. much, you know, just hates him with yeah. all his being. So yeah. So Venom's on the list. I've had a, a Nihilus mm. on the list. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just got done uh, rereading Annihilation, Cool. which is one of my favorite arcs in, in, in comics. Um, it's just, it's just really, really, really great. And, and he's a, he's not, I don't know how, how I'd describe him as far as, motivations are concerned other than just sort of pure unadulterated dominance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no sort of nuance right to his motivations. Yeah. He just wants to rule. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Um, which I think is, is pretty interesting. Um, straightforward. Next on the list for me was purple man. Oh yeah. Um, and not, maybe not the David Tennant version, even right. though I love the da- David Tennant version. Yeah. You yeah. Can tell people what to do. Exactly. Creepy, yeah, just real creepy, real creepy as yeah. a character. I really like the David Tennant. I did too. Oh, yeah. he's great, oh, fantastic. God. That first season of Jessica Jones is so good. Yeah, but just a really, really creepy character. Um, I also had Two Face nice. on my list. All right, I, awesome. I, yeah, I love Two Face. Yeah, um, he's the kind of character who very easily could have made my team. I think I almost picked him over Owlman. Um, Ooh, he's just he's just a he's just the kind of character who you want to see on screen. Yeah, because he's got like you said different motivations, different, uh, uh, an interesting backstory, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So just a good character. Yeah. Um, I had gorilla Grodd nice. on the list. Yep. Um, because I picked Emma, I didn't need another telepath. mind, another yeah. mind controlling right. telepath. That is kind one of thing, thing I definitely did not consider in this mm-hmm. group. That's okay. I mean, I think with Brainiac, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of that. Yeah. He's not a telepath per se, right? but he does mind control quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so eh, I think you're, I think you're, we're safe. You're pretty much covered there. Um, the last two on my list were Black Manta. Ooh. Um, I just kind of decided, you know, after I picked Death, Deathstroke, um, and definitely after I picked Lady Shiva, mm-hmm. I didn't need another kind of um, lower level. Like a 
assassin human assassin yeah, fighter kind of character type character yeah, yeah. so uh, good character though good motivations again uh, for villain for villainy um, and a, a really cool design yep I just really like the very slick very slick and the last on my list it seems like this is too obvious and I'm kind of surprised that no neither of us picked him but I had dark side on the list yeah yeah he's he's dark side right mm-hmm. and once I picked Dr. Doom I realized I couldn't have both him and dark side on the team um it, it just it, I don't know it, it just didn't work for me from a dynamic standpoint I think like he's really compelling as a character dark side and he's super evil like maybe the most evil character super evil um but for whatever reason, as we started to go through the teams, I just felt like I didn't want to. I just didn't want to pick him. But yeah. super, super powerful. Obviously, um, just about as powerful as it gets. He's another one of those characters that immediately, as soon as something like alluding to Dark Side comes up, kind of similar in like a Thanos fashion, yeah. right? You're just like, oh shit! Yeah. He's like, he's just a big, big bad. This yeah, is not going to be good. Yeah. So um, I always look back at the Superman animated series. Because I I loved how they did Darkseid in that show, and he was voiced by um, Michael Ironside. Yes, who's, who he's just a phenomenal voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just it just like gives you chills, like when he's just this like, you know, he's just got his hands behind his back, and he's like, I don't have to even move to kill you, like mm-hmm. to disintegrate you into nothing. Yep, like ugh, it's just so creepy. Yeah, but very also, creepy. Like, super cool. Yeah, very creepy. I mean, it, you know the the anti-life equation mm-hmm. and all that stuff that you get with dark side it, it's super creepy stuff you know sprung from the mind of, of jack kirby obviously and um yeah so good character but didn't make didn't quite make the team so all right well i think that was uh that awesome. was good that was interesting super yeah awesome super super interesting because just like the hero side of things um i think we did a good job of getting compelling teams mm-hmm. i said compelling like 47 times already but were you compelled to say it? i was highly compelled <laughs> to say compelling um but really you know if 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 just like the superhero teams we put together if you put these these characters on screen together mm-hmm. um the dynamics between the pods the the groups of them yeah would be really interesting and they'd oh, yeah. probably break off into little factions and they'd you know so Really they have their own thugs, yeah, and yeah, like followers, and <laughs> be a crazy battle. To it would watch. be. It would be. The other thing too that I've noticed I'm, as I'm looking through the the list here, it's um, largely characters that we've not seen on screen yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, obviously there are some that we've seen sure. on screen, sure, but m- by and large, characters that we've not yet gotten into. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm interested. Hopefully a lot of these, if not all of these, end up on screen at some point. So. I think they will. I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least in the like Batman sense, I, I feel like part of the reason we haven't seen a lot of the more like super powered characters is because they're always kind of, well, aside from like the Joel Schumacher ones, they're trying to keep a certain level of realism with the Batman sure. movies. Sure. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like Superman, um, and uh and and even the mcu like there there's kind of it's kind of no old bar at that at that point like they're just kind of like let's see what we can what we can play with yeah um and and yeah kind of take to that universal level or whatever yeah cool all right well i think that's gonna do it that's I think, awesome i think we are done it's been a good show 25 25 yep, 25 episodes in um crushing it yeah always <laughs> always it's all we do here man <laughs> all we do is all win, we do win, is win, win. <laughs> so <laughs> with that 
Why do the end of these shows always devolve? I mean, because we're just <laughs> we're so happy, and we've had at least a full beer at this point. Yeah, so. at least, at least. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, for episode twenty-five of the Hella Nerdy Podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, eyes out for that uh, Star Wars trailer. Um, what's going on in the next couple of weeks? I'm not even sure. I'm going to be in California next week, so that's all I've got on my mind. So. Mm. We will uh, get a lot of comic books to read. Yes, yes. <laughs> we will. Uh, we will see you next time, or uh, talk at you next time. And until then, for Andy, I have been Adam, and this has been the Hello Nerdy Podcast. You go say Hello Nerdy. If you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe like and follow us on instagram at hello nerdy podcast joker breaks box office records darn joker breaks box office records while martin well oh no oh no joker breaks box office records while martin scorsese yells at the sky the Star Wars hype train is warming up its engines, and we pew. Damn it! We so, pew, pew. pew. We pew pew. Pew pew pew. Joker breaks box office records while Martin Scorsese yells at the sky. The Star Wars hype train is. Joker breaks box office records while Martin Scorsese yells at the sky. The Star Wars hype train is warming up its engines, and we preview the upcoming PlayStation Five. All that and so much more on episode twenty-five of the Hell Nerdy. Hell. Oh, oh no! no! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>